everyone, today is Thursday, the 28th of November, 2019. This is The Gap, episode 495. I'm Luke Laurie, Job Gurroy's here, and we're looking like a couple of bums today. We're, yep, and, and, and I'm deaf now. Um, what? I forgot to turn you back down again. So ah, uh, you did your very vigorous uh, intro, uh, and now I'm deaf. Uh, so that's cool. Um, yeah, uh, we're looking like uh, homeless people, uh... I didn't think I looked that much like a homeless person, but, um, shit. Uh, what are you going to do, right? <laughs> when that camera went on, it was just like, what it's, has happened? It's, I haven't seen a mirror today so far, so I had no idea. Um, that's why we're, that's why we're radio genius. That's why we're, mm. I feel like us talking about how we're audio, an audio podcast is now a tradition. On this podcast, but another tradition yeah. is you me keep bringing about up how I yeah I know it's, I can't stop. <laughs> um, another tradition is me talking about how I fuck with my mic settings and how what are we up to four hundred and ninety five? Yeah, we talked about this last week. Um, yeah, four hundred and ninety five episodes, and uh, we're still we're still making adjustments. We're still striving for excellence, uh, and I have rearranged my fucking desk. And yeah. Mike's system again, again, to uh, pursue the dream of better audio. Uh, yeah, and and this time I may have actually achieved it. I don't know. I liked it we'll better before we started recording. Uh, but well, when you could hear me breathing, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, actually pretty good. I like that. Yeah, cool. Reminds me. You just talking to it the entire time. I, 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 I've told you. I'm sure I've told the story about the fucking the train driver back up in Brisbane who'd always like sound like a real creepy. Be like, uh, Park Road Station, Park Road Station. You'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on on this train? It's like the fucking. I think Death Train might be a little bit insensitive, but uh, like you know, definitely felt like it was a horror movie train. And uh, yeah. next stop, your yeah. grave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you definitely felt like you were on the on the track, the one way track to to your own demise. Um, anyway, nice. That's what I felt like I was doing when I was breathing into the mic. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, Medium-sized week, I think, this week. Medium-sized. I see there's a game on this list that I would prefer not to talk about anymore, but uh, that's fine. It's fine. That's fine. Before we get to that, despite my warnings and telling you not to go see the new Terminator film, you went Uh, and saw it yesterday. That is true. Why? What what happened? Was this like a a bet you lost? No. um, Uh... And before we get go to this far, <laughs> please tell me you didn't like it. <laughs> well, we can't do the podcast anymore. Yeah. Is that what we do now? We just set, like, draw these we lines set benchmarks. in the stand. Yeah, we're like, fucking, if you cross this shit, it's fucking over. Uh, I did not like it. I actually, actually, I, I, I did like it, and then I really didn't like it. <laughs> Um, it was weird. Uh, so we, we, me and Nate did uh, Terminator Day in the grand tradition of uh, Star Wars Day, and then Predator Day. Uh, we uh, we did Terminator Day where we watched Terminator One 
and Terminator 2 and then we went to the cinema to watch Terminator Dark Fate and uh, Terminator 1 great uh, I've talked about this before it doesn't hold up very well uh, on the big screen but it's yeah. not that bad on the smaller screen on my TV mm-hmm. um we did have we had a drinking game where we had to drink anytime someone died, which got really hairy in the police station, and uh, anytime uh, the Terminator, the Terminator special effects looked really bad, which got really hairy at the end. Um, so uh, yeah, that that was that was a bit rough. Uh, mm. And then in Terminator Two, we had uh, you had to drink anytime anyone died, and anytime there was a iconic line. Oh. Um, That's so a tough one just, because Arnold. Well, the T eight hundred doesn't kill anybody, but Liquid uh, Man does. Uh, yeah, so yeah, there's there's uh, there's some eh, um, hard to define stuff at the start. Yeah. Uh, a lot then, of people getting shot in the kneecaps in that film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Liquid Man goes ham, murders everyone. Uh, what's his name? Robert Patrick. Um, well, you you shared that video, and uh, of of them talking about like behind the scenes uh, yeah. of Terminator Two, and so uh, the running one, yeah. So uh, I don't know if listeners at home know this, but apparently Robert Patrick actually just fucking runs that fast. That wasn't like special effects, or he wasn't like on a, on that on that treadmill they use sometimes to make people run, seem to run faster. He is just fucking quick, and apparently the first time they, they did that take. He caught John Connor, and they had to redo it because, like, well, John's dead, so uh, <laughs> that's the end of the film. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the end. We'll have to do that one again. And uh, and didn't like Jim Cameron say he's like, oh, I'm not going to tell Robert to slow down, so you're just going to have to drive the the stunt bike faster, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. What a fucking yeah. That's that's crazy. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Terminator 2, obviously better, uh, in my opinion, than Terminator 1. Uh, like, Terminator 1 is good, but I think tricky. I watched Terminator 2 before I watched Terminator 1, um, and then I went back and watched Terminator 1. Um, there's, there's part of me that wonders if that in particular may have impacted my enjoyment of Terminator 1, because at some level you understand that uh, Arnie is a robot, right? Hmm. Or a cyborg, as they're so keen to dis- distinguish in the film. Uh, he- he's a cyborg, uh, even though he's very much a robot. Uh, and I think the mystery about that, like, about whether or not Ar- Arnold is uh, a, or the T- T-101, uh, is-, is a fucking robot or not, I think that's mm. a big part of it. Like, because I think if you were watching it and you had no idea why he couldn't be fucking hurt, it would be significantly scarier. And also, you know, the the special effects of the time, I'm sure it was far more impressive at the time. Although there was a lot of stuff we were noticing, a lot of, a lot of like full wide camera angle shots where they did the stop motion thing to make the Terminator move. That just yeah, didn't need yeah. to fucking happen. Like there were so many times where they just didn't need to do that because they had the like half model, right? And they 
their desire to show the legs moving for whatever reason makes Terminator 1 stand up, like, stand the test of time so much worse uh, than if... I think if you went into Terminator 1 and literally just cut out, I'd say, like, 95% of the shots of the full-body Terminator and Mm. only relied on the moments where they used the bust model that was just the the top half of the torso and they just sort of moved it along with the camera it'd be it'd be way better yeah it's just a puppet right at that point but it'd look way fucking better like it'd look better in 2019 i mean Uh, Mm um terminator 2 stands up 100 percent uh i mean mild goofiness in the special effects but uh i would say there's there's no like glaring moments of that doesn't look good (laughs) which terminator one has a bunch of uh and then um yeah then when we went to terminator dark fate and uh it's that was the end of the cinema run i believe uh i don't think it's in cinemas yeah yeah um and which is why we did it yesterday because we didn't want to miss it miss out on it in cinema having seen it i would have preferred to have watched it at home uh i don't think it was worth the cinema uh, uh but um yeah uh i'm gonna like mild spoilers uh arnie is back in it and so is uh linda hamilton and if i'm being frank i enjoyed that movie until arnie showed up it's not that arnie ruins it although he isn't i don't think he's doing his best work uh it's just that the movie well, seems the to hardcore fall to bits as soon as he shows up. Like, it's sort mm. of just... They're just doing Terminator. Or Terminator... Yeah, Terminator 2-ish. Terminator. You know, like, you know, the the super soldier type thing, right? The augmented super soldier thing, right? I liked, I liked the bands between Linda Hamilton and the Grace or whatever her name was. Uh, I didn't really like the the new Sarah Connor, like the, the chick who was replacing Sarah Connor, uh, the one they mm-hmm. had to save. I didn't really like her very much. Um, she didn't, I didn't, she didn't feel like she, she didn't uh, add anything. Yeah. She didn't bring much to the table, but I guess having watched Terminator one, Sarah Connor didn't bring that much to the table until right at the end as well. So, um, yeah, but I like the bands between Sarah, like, you know, Linda Hamilton and, and the grace character, the super soldier, I thought that was good. I thought they had a good dynamic. Um, I thought the concept was pretty good. I didn't really like the Rev Nine, the new new Terminator. Um, like it just it seems overpowerful. I think you know she shoots it with a fucking rocket launcher and it doesn't fucking care, right? Like, okay, well, considering what those things do to actual tanks. Uh, that is a bit rough. Uh, that sort of sets a very um, high standard of, of uh, survivability for the thing, uh, and and it didn't make sense. Like it's you know the the splitting out into two separate robots type thing it just seemed like they wanted to have you know the cake and eat it too. They wanted the liquid metal man, and they um, wanted uh, the exoskeleton. Uh, so yeah, they just sort of wanted the best of both worlds when yeah i don't think that they really carried it off but it was i thought it was like 
quite menacingly played, um, nevertheless, and it was a it was a cool like, it looked cool. Uh, but yeah, as soon as Arnie, like as soon as they met with Arnie, which is about two thirds of the way into the film, it just yeah, it's pretty far. Fucking tanks. It just I'm just sitting there like, oh wow, no. So I was actually sitting there in that movie thinking, eh, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, it's it's pretty good. Like, I get what they're trying to do, and I think they're sort of doing it. And then Arnie shows up, and all of this other stuff happens. It's because it's in the last third of the film. I won't go into it too much because, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's like... That, uh... No, that's dumb. That's also dumb. Everything everyone's saying is dumb. All of their yeah. decision making is now dumb. Like, what the fuck <laughs> happened? And then, like, you get to the end credits, and there's like forty fucking writers. Did you see that shit? Like, they like there are legitimately at least ten people credited as writing this film, and I think mm. that makes sense to me. I think <clears throat> yeah. at some level. They, they, like, someone wrote a really good Terminator film, or at least a, an above-average Terminator film, which isn't saying much. Uh, an above-average film about Terminator, uh, just to clarify, right? Above-average Terminator film, considering how low the fucking average is at this point, uh, doesn't say anything at all. But an above-average film yeah. about the Terminator, that's, I'm saying, it's, you know, it was a good enough film, right? Uh, and then they were like, oh... We can get Arnie. Rewrite it so Arnie's in it. And I'm like, uh, um, but that doesn't, uh, what? No, hang on. We can't do that. They're like, you'll do it or I'll do it my fucking self. And we'll just chuck a fucking ampersand in the, in the credits and we will fucking bust you out. You don't, you won't get any fucking <laughs> more work. And uh, they're like, just fucking do it then. Just fucking do it. And uh, that's what happened. And then fucking, yeah, 10 people later, as they were attempting to get fucking squeeze Arnie in there somehow, and uh, it kept spiraling down and down and down. To, uh, yeah, it just, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> yeah. Hmm. Have you seen, like, the fallout between the director, Tim Miller, and James Cameron? and like No. The- all these articles, yeah. Apparently, like he's said that he he doesn't want to work with Jim Cameron ever again. Really? <laughs> yeah, Why just is that? like he creative differences. Like he didn't get to make the film he wanted to make. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, okay. That again, another. Uh, I could see that. You know, I could see that on the on the screen. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's odd. I spoke to James Cameron once, did a interview, yes. uh, and uh, yeah, he didn't seem. You'll like, never work with him again. Uh, he didn't seem like that big a dickhead uh, <clears throat> in the forty seconds that we spoke. Um, yeah, no, uh, disappointing, disappointing. Um, I'm not going to go see Avatar at the cinema. I think uh, Avatar Two. I didn't really like Avatar One, and. Yeah. Nah, I don't. I don't know. I'm not inclined to go see Avatar two. To be honest, there's nothing in it that makes me want to go see it. Um, yeah. Like, I guess we'll wait, right? <laughs> we don't even know what that film is yet. 
It's a sequel to Avatar, a film that he didn't sure. like. So like, I know enough, I think. Um, just, you know, and just based on James Cameron's trajectory since, I don't know. I don't think he's turned the ship around. I think he's hit an iceberg and uh, the front fell off. <laughs> started to sink. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, nice. Fair yeah. enough. Um, I went and saw Knives Out as oh, well yeah. over the weekend. Yeah, which I, was I, a- I wanted to go see that post haste yeah so i think it's out uh soon ish um like in the yeah. next week or two yeah next week i believe or over yeah. here at least um who fucking knows right did you see that shit uh speaking of movie release dates fucking the lighthouse the lighthouse with, oh, okay uh, uh robert patson and uh will mm-hmm. uh will have been available on like uh video on demand in the states for a full right. month before it hits cinemas in Australia. Yeah, okay. Cool. Good one, dickheads. <laughs> good, good work. Well done, fuckwits. Um, anyway, so how is Knives Out? Because it's a murder mystery, right? But a yeah. comedy murder mystery? Yeah, like a, a black comedy. Um, it's 2019, you can just say comedy. Comedy. Yeah, um, <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I really liked it. It's, it's, it's good. It's very good. Um, there's... A really good cast in it. Um, it's it's sort of like what I'd say is don't go into it trying, which is what I did, like trying to figure out who did it because right. that's not really the point of the film. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it so, like, itself it is, as a whodunit. It is. It is, but it's a twist on it. Um, right. it, it more or less. I guess resolves itself at a certain point and then it turns into like a different type of film. Um, cause oh, okay. they're not really trying to do like a, a murder mystery thing. It's, yep. it is that, but it's like Ryan Johnson's sort of take on those old style films and like putting a spin on it. Um, and that's kind of, I think the problem that I had with it going in the entire time being like, I know who did this fucking like 20 minutes in. I was like, I know who did it. <laughs> this is so oh, simple. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then and then basically putting the pieces together in my mind and being like, oh, this will this is why this happened. This is, you know, and eventually like being like, everyone in here must be an idiot because like I figured this out so far <laughs> back. But yeah, you get to the end of the film and you're, you're like, yeah, it's not really the point of it. Right. Um, they're trying to do something completely different. So uh, I think that was my biggest issue with it. I went into it thinking it was going to be one film and being like, man, he must think we're all. St- dumb or something right yeah <laughs> so yeah um but definitely i'd recommend people go check it out so it's directed by ryan johnson who did looper um the last jedi most recently and uh yeah a bunch of other films so cast is awesome though uh like pretty huge. much everybody's really good in it yeah huge cast too right yeah 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 there's, there's tons and tons of people um you, and you all... enjoy the like the whodunit stuff right have you watched many of the bbc no uh agatha christie ones you should watch no. them there's some fucking yeah. crackers eh? they do they do miniseries more than movies but um there's some fucking really good ones there's uh what was it and then there were none that's got daisy mm-hmm. really in it and sam neill um, okay that one's fucking that's real good and the fucking uh I can't remember which role he plays, but a dude from Game of Thrones. He's fucking awesome in it. There's uh, yeah. the ABC Murders. That's got John Malkovich as uh, Poirot, like an old Poirot. It's like the fucking 
I had no idea, but Agatha Christie was doing the fucking like retired uh retired superhero goes back and does one more fucking case mm. like fucking 60 years before superheroes existed so uh yeah that shit's awesome that one's really good um and uh fuck what's the last one uh there's there's one other that was uh, that i really enjoyed obviously because i can't remember what the fuck it's called um but yeah uh you should like just look up bbc agatha right. christie and uh, you find uh, ordeal by innocence. Um, yes, yeah. is, is the third one. Um, so yeah. th- that's like where he's sort of got the inspiration from. I assume, like yeah, doing that. The yeah. Agatha Christie Poirot. Yeah, yeah, that's what like that's the vibe I've gotten from people who've spoken about it. Uh, but mm. like, it's it's played for laughs, right? Um, which I guess. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Craig is in it. I don't know if you've seen Logan Lucky before. I have. Which yeah. um, is like a heist movie where he plays like a. Um, like a, a character that's able to like escape these elaborate sort of prisons and or be able to like break into certain places, um, and he plays like a really good comedy character in that. And and this again is like him just <laughs> going all out like with this like Texan accent, um, right. who plays like a detective. Like he's sort of the one figuring out what's going on. The Poirot. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he, he's awesome. Nice. Um, so cool. yeah, it, it's it's very it's a very good film. So I it's very high recommend. on my list because yeah, I, I fucking I eat that shit up. I eat who don't want to sell. Um, actually, yeah. on that subject, uh, I went and did. I didn't put it on on the list, but I went and did a uh, who done it ah. scavenger hunt uh, on the nice. weekend on Saturday. Um, there was a there's a game called Clued Up. And uh, they do, basically, you get a group of people together and uh, go to a starting location. In this case, it was down uh, in the financial district of Sydney CBD. So down mm-hmm. near the um, opera house, sort of near the opera house. And um, yeah, it's a geotagging uh, like mystery game, like scavenger hunt game, where you have your phone yeah. and it, has like you you open the app and it's got a map and it uses gps to work out where you are and then you walk around trying to find witnesses and then you need to uh talk to witnesses gather clues gather the um the evidence although it's only like there's no specific evidence that you acquire you acquire testimony right so it's it's not evidence per se it's just talking to a bunch of different people and working out what actually happened as, as a result uh, so the scavenger what you're acquiring are the testimonies of all the witnesses and there, there were like 20 witnesses and it took us from like uh, down near the ferry dock uh, at Opera House in Sydney uh, up to you know not that deep in I think um, maybe most of the way to Pitstreet Mall and then back again and sort of just looped us around. And, um, yeah, we, you know, every time you find a new witness, you have to solve some sort of puzzle. So mm-hmm. it might be, like, location-based. It'll be, like, uh, find ILM and add the digits of when they died, right? And the location you're at 
has a statue for uh, Hill, like, I don't know, Ian Lowell, Manhattan, and you go and it's got a plaque and it's got when he died and you're like, okay, one plus nine plus O plus nine equals 19. And then you, yeah, you answer the question and that's it. Or it might be a riddle. Uh, uh, what is it? Brothers and sisters, I have none for this man's father's his father's son uh you've got a you've got a two two like giant jugs and one is like (laughs) five liters and the other one is three liters (laughs) (laughs) and you need exactly four liters exactly four liters so it's so easy it's so easy uh zeus um yeah uh so, yeah, it was either a riddle or, yeah, a puzzle based on the location. And, yeah, it was it was a cool... Like, that part of it was cool. And then when we acquired all the witnesses, uh, we went back and we grabbed a seat. There was a pub near the starting location uh, called Mary's. They do good, really good chicken and... Oops, sorry. Uh, really good chicken and, like, medium... Medium good. Above... Well above average burgers. Uh, so I just got chicken and um, we tried to work out what happened and uh, that's when it fell apart a bit for me because we like we went through all of the fucking evidence and our theory like our theory was that basically it was a conspiracy that was set up by the cops and then murdered and then uh yeah, basically, they got away with it because of uh, the cops all having each other's backs. But there are holes in the cops' story, right? And then we went to put in the de- like who we thought did it, and uh, it seemed like <laughs> uh, the, our the person like our suspect, our primary suspect. Uh, our prime suspects uh, wasn't available as an option, and then I went back and I sort of metagamed it. So I'm like, uh, <clears throat> based on the sheer volume of typos in this, uh, in in the in the text that we've encountered, because you know we're like three of us were three of us are, are professional writers. Uh, three was playing uh, professional writers. Um, so we, you know, sort of casually notice typos uh, when they exist, and there were fucking tons of them. Uh, I'm like, is there a chance, based on the fact that this thing is littered with typos, is there a chance that maybe it's not that well written? <laughs> is there a chance that it might be a lot more mm. basic than we were thinking? And so we went back and looked at what the simplest answer to this this game was, mm-hmm. and um, that was the that was the correct answer. It would be like you sitting in the cinema being like, "How the fuck is everyone fucking idiots?" Like it's clearly this, right? And then and then like spiraling out at like twenty minutes in, and then spiraling out of control and being like, "No, it can't be that easy, right? It cannot possibly be." that simple it's gonna be and then establishing this extremely elaborate uh uh, 
plot that must have happened because there's nobody, yeah. no way anyone would have that little respect uh, for for the the viewer or, or player. Uh, but it turns out, yeah, uh, I think it wasn't. It's not about a lack of respect. Uh, I think that um, based on the people we saw playing it. It seemed like it was very much all ages. There were a shit ton of kids playing this. Like a fucking... There were like... There were, I would say, a hundred... I think there was like 200 teams, right? And teams were four plus players. There were fucking Hmm. 500 people playing this fucking game, right? And a lot of them were kids. A lot of them were families. People dressed up. It was really fucking cool for that. Uh, This sort of passive... um, Like... uh, collaborative experience that we're having with a bunch of people walking around Sydney. Uh, Mm. But uh, in terms of, yeah, complexity, I think they very much dumped it down a significant amount. uh, Is that not like just being, oh, where's the next clue? And then seeing like 40 people standing around. Oh, yeah. Filling jugs of waters. (laughs) I 1000% game the, like at one point we walked up to, uh, because the GPS, uh, because it was in the middle of the city, the GPS was having a bit of a rough time yeah. sometimes. It was bouncing. Uh, and so we walked to one place and we got the, the ping and it's like, at the building where you're standing and the fucking building we're standing at is an ATM and we're like, this can't be right. Uh, and then I looked around and there was like this big group of people gathered around a wall and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to walk over here. And there was the fucking answer. I'm like, okay, well, I don't think uh, that wasn't the best detective work, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in a way... <laughs> In a yeah. way, I solved that puzzle, uh, but maybe not. Yeah, again, metagaming. Um, yeah, the, the, like, but it, it still felt really cool to me. Like, it was still uh, a really cool idea. It was just, yeah, desperately simple. And apparently the storyline uh, remains the same across cities because uh, it happened in Melbourne at the same time, obviously with different right. location-based puzzles. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, um, I was talking, like, talking this people on twitter about it and uh yeah they also like solved a much more a much tougher puzzle uh a a much tougher mystery uh and then realized uh, at some level that it must have been a lot more basic than they were thinking um Hmm. but in exactly the same way so yeah a little bit disappointing but um still like a really good time uh, i would love to do that sort of thing again uh, i think it's a really cool way to explore a bit of a city i wonder if it's something you could like set up without having to be a an event like i wonder why it has to be on a specific day is there some way that you could like just yeah do it any any old day right and then you so could there's use that, that uh a, what is it called like geo geocache geocaching mm. Mm. That's pretty much the same sort of thing, right? Yeah, and I wonder if you could do it to as a sort of a tour. Like, could we come to San Francisco and then hmm. play that game and like sim- simultaneously do a tour of San Francisco that's sort of hinged off the app? Right. Uh, I, I know there's apps that do that sort of like the geocaching stuff, but I don't yeah. know yeah. if they've got like a... I wouldn't do it in the, uh, San Fran either because it's hilly as fuck, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you'd do one and be like, "Yeah, I give up." Oh yeah, uh, I get it. <clears throat> my thighs, my quads are killing me. I want to die. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, 
Cool. Uh, good times. Um, and um, another thing before we move on to video games, uh, Mandalorian episode three uh, fixed so much about what I was complaining about last week. Uh, I think it really, uh, yeah, it really fucking did good work in establishing, like, answering a lot of, or just resolving a lot of my complaints. Like, I'm, right. yeah, like, you know, there's a reason why he's not the best, because on some level, you know, they mistake every Mandalorian for, you know, the one person, and so the Mando has has the reputation because it's a carryover of the reputation that all Mandalorians have. Uh, and uh, kind of he... like uh, Jar Jar being the Jedi, right? It was, it was like everyone's a Jedi, so they're all good, and then Jar Jar comes along. Excuse me, <laughs> Jar Jar's a Jedi, right? <laughs> I'm not going to entertain this uh, thought. Oh, he's a Sith. He's a definitely Sith a Sith Lord. Definitely a Sith Lord. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I just thought, mm. yeah, it did a really good job. Uh, of of solving a lot of my issues with it, um, yeah. So that was cool. Just wanted to point that out. Uh, I'm back on board with the Mandalorian. Um, Watchmen's still the best TV sh- uh, show on TV, though. One hundred percent. That last cool. episode was fucking amazing. I don't know if you're up. To I feel that. like I'm too behind or something. You got to catch up. Man. I haven't had a chance. The last two episodes have been fucking spectacular. Uh, mm-hmm. It just keeps getting better at this rate. It's Next episode is either gonna have to be fucking the best best thing on TV, or, or it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be utter garbage and extremely disappointing. Um, yeah. Anyway, video. Speaking games. of uh, utter garbage. Oh, here we go. Nice. Death Stranding. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I jumped into this a little bit more, and uh, I got up to the hourglass mission you were talking about. Um, when you first reviewed this game, you, you, I guess this was like a turning point for you, this mission? No. No. I already hated it. I was already, I was already in the darkness. Uh, this just cemented. This just made sure I'd never get out. Right. Uh, it was just uh, sort of, uh, it clarified a lot of what I didn't like about the game, I guess. Right. You know, I knew I didn't like it, but until this mission, I didn't quite have the exactly what I needed to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how anyone does this mission and still walks away thinking it's a good game. Stack I see. Like. Well, so what I did was I um I got on my little tricycle and uh, and just rode to the uh, the south side where the le- uh, crater lake is. Yeah, and then just straight to where I needed to go. That mission took me like 10 minutes. The entire thing. Well, you weren't allowed to fucking... You had to hold it in your hands. How'd you get on a bike? The hourglass? Not dumping a body into the fucking lake. Oh, okay. Maybe I just ran down to the lake and then ran across. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. That's what I did. I, I put on the um the power... Uh, the the speed suit. I think they give you the speed suit around that. Right. So I just put that on. I literally picked it up, and then just sprinted <laughs> the entire way. It took me about ten minutes, and I'm like, "All right, <laughs> fair enough." <laughs> and then I did the same thing coming back. 
we like you have to carry bag. somebody yeah, yeah same thing speed suit just fucking sprinted the whole way <laughs> i had zero issues with that i'm just like did, did I you not something? run into a bt zone um I there's mean, a bt zone between those two areas right yeah but i think they fucked it up a little bit because if you run directly to the crater uh, you can pretty much trail. just miss it. Yeah. Right. And you just run along the beach as opposed to like a direct, um, like a direct straight route. Right. To the, yeah. So I just went up the mountain and then left and there's no issue. Cool. <laughs> and I literally, he's like, don't drop this thing. And I'm just fucking like, like a liquid man through the whole fucking, <laughs> like the hill. Alright, well, try to imagine if you, over the course of 40 minutes, painstakingly did all of the exact same thing, only for her to smash the fucking hourglass on the ground at the end. I mean, like, it's still a fucking awful mission, right? There's no part of that mission that should exist in a AAA fucking game. The fucking... the, the, The character alone shouldn't exist, right? On a fundamental narrative level... Right, there shouldn't be a woman who can't speak, who's who's definitely reading English based on phonetic soundings on a script, right? That that shouldn't exist in a like when she lives with fluent English speakers. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It also doesn't make any sense that like they haven't seen each other for this entire time, and she literally lives next door to the guy. Right, right. <laughs> like it's a five minute run in the it's, context of the game yeah. and like he thinks she's dead He's yeah. never, he hasn't seen her for forever and it just turns out she was living next door with her mum yeah yeah yep yeah. <laughs> it's pretty dumb um I used the bowler gun for the first time oh yeah efficiency it's just I about know. efficiency yeah man yeah, the combat in that game is still terrible. Like, I uh, I got into a mule camp, um, and people were just like driving up on trucks, and there were people running at me, and I'm just like punching everybody, just just punching people. Yeah, uh, I must have punched like 25 people, and <laughs> that was it. I'm like, all right, cool, just just loot this camp now. Um, yeah, and then at one stage, I was like, I might as well just use this bowler gun. And I just started using that and I was just like this makes things like 20 times easier like why yeah my, my biggest issue with that combat system and the the stealth which I've talked about before is that they they give you all these tools to use and there's no point using any of them it's just yeah. a constant like hey here's this new thing that you've got and it's like another way to solve the way I look at it is if if you had a, a like a plank of wood or something and there's a nail on that plank of wood and you've got to like nail some you know the wood to the wall and it's like oh here's a hammer and they give you a hammer and then like every 10 minutes you get a new hammer and it's just like a different size hammer or it's the same hammer but the size of the nail doesn't change like you don't need it yeah i I could literally just punch this fucking nail in my fist if i wanted to that seems to be working just fine um and that's what it's like like 35 hours in you're given all these tools to use but the there's no reason to use it I, i was watching the um the uh to put it in comparison i was watching this star wars uh jedi fallen order documentary the other day it's like a two-hour documentary on the or, or an hour and a half documentary on the um 
the making of that game. And at one point they're talking about like, um, like a bunch of the skills and the, the talents that you kind of unlock in that game. And one of them being like a wall run and saying like, you get that ability. And then what you do is you get a series of wall runs. Like they teach you how to use that. Yeah. And you put that like, that is fundamentally how majority of games work. You get something, whether it's a new ability or a new item or whatever. And then the game will generally give you a way to, to use that, to show you what you're supposed to be doing with that. And Death Stranding doesn't do that. It'll, for the most part, like occasionally it'll be, oh, you can build a bridge, but there's a, you know, there's a, a lake here. I mean, you could build a bridge or you can just walk over. It doesn't really matter. But in terms of the combat, the entire combat is like, oh, you've got a bullet gun now, or you've got these EX grenades, or you've got these other types of grenades, or you've got, um, I don't know, just like a bunch of stuff it keeps giving you, but there's no reason to use any of that because the, the enemies you're up against 30 hours in are exactly the same enemies that you're in, you know, two or three hours into the game. They're all just pretty much the same. Occasionally, like, um, <clears throat> like, oh, now there's a truck of them rolling in. Like, they just seem to be throwing more of them at you. Yep. And it's just no challenge. Like, I don't think I've dropped below half health in this game at all from any of my encounters. The only um, time I... The only times I died, ever, yeah, including in boss fights and shit, hmm. were when I triggered a hard fail. Like, a hard fail in a mission. Like, I shook the bomb too much, or whatever. Yeah, and then shook the baby too much. You can't do that. Um, and No, like, you know, you're carrying those <laughs> fucking anti-grav bombs, whatever the fuck it is, and then, yeah. like... You stumble over a fucking rock for some reason, even though you haven't stumbled over any rocks for the last 45 minutes, and then he drops the bomb, and then everything explodes, and you have to reload a save. That's the only time I died. Oh, and right. obviously, on purpose, to see what would happen if uh, fucking BT actually killed me, just to see if mm -hmm. a void, void out would occur. And the only way it occurs is if it eats you. I had this, I had this fucking argument argument discussion i guess on twitter yesterday because my mute of death stranding expired so i've muted death stranding because i found I've, i found it's it's making me too toxic on twitter because every time i see someone praising it like with empty hollow praise with nothing to back it up again uh, up with it's just oh i love death stranding end of end of discussion right or i love this death stranding it's so zen right that's it right okay cool well that's that's nothing you could do anything why don't you just fucking meditate why don't you put the controller down close your eyes and then meditate right that's zen that's actual zen anyway like i said it's making me too fucking toxic right and then the the mute expired i evidently only said it for fucking 14 days like a clown uh and uh so i saw it <laughs> pop up and i just couldn't fucking help myself it's like oh yeah someone's talking about death stranding oh, well here we go and so i started some <laughs> shit and uh yeah um lance mcdonald who does uh does like uh he hacks uh games to mm -hmm. see stuff that most people never will never see like he's the guy who, who saw who found that the chick is following you constantly in pt and stuff uh he's the guy i want to hack death stranding so we can see Norman Reedus's penis, but for whatever reason he refuses to do it. Um, anyway, 
Because it's just going to be like a Barbie doll. You know this, right? That's even better. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so he was uh, he was saying that you know oh I uh, I murdered someone and uh, yeah he was talking about how you know the interaction was was fascinating. He'd never fucking tested it, right? I've actually tested it. I went back and tested it a second time when I found it had to be 48 fucking hours and there's no void out and there's no fucking, there's no failure screen. Apparently he got, he got a failure screen when he walked far enough away. What the fuck? Are you, are cats, cats fucking outside or something? Probably, maybe. Is there a cat orgy? Could be fighting a squirrel. Oh, maybe. Uh, a grey squirrel? Nah, uh, never show up. Uh, it's off somewhere else doing its own thing. Um, so, <clears throat> so, yeah, this, like, I've tested it. I've actually gone through. I did the fucking, I don't get to hack fucking, hack my PlayStation. I had to do it the fucking hard way. And I tested it and I got nothing at all. And I've got it recorded. The bodies disappear. It's gone. Right? Like, I've got, the, I've got receipts, mm. baby. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, anyway. Like, it's a lie. The game is built on systems that are fucking fundamental lies. It's it's bad design all the way through. The the what you're talking about, the fact that there's no challenge, the the different sizes of hammers is also bad design, right? Giving you the tools to do whatever you like in a world where nothing fucking matters is mm. fundamentally bad to me. Why would you start me on this shit? Why yeah. do you have to fucking bring it up? Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, like, uh, I don't know. Like, like it, it's come up a, a lot recently. I don't know. I, I kind of look at it the same way of, um, like, I get that a lot of people like it. And, and if you like that type of game, that's cool. But at the same time, I, can, I, I sort of liken it to... Um, Let's say, uh, I don't know. What's a fucking bad film that's good to watch? Bad film that's good to watch. Uh, bad film that's good to watch. I don't know. It's like fun to watch. Last Action Hero? We were watching that last night. Yeah, all right. Let's go with that. Let's go with Last Action Hero, right? It's not a good film, but it's still like a fun film to watch, right? Um... I can get that. I can appreciate that. I can sit down and watch it and be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying this. But at no, no way would I be like, oh, I'm enjoying this. But also, I think it's the best film of this year. Yep. And it should, be, it should be winning an Oscar because I think it's that good. <laughs> but like, that's the yeah. sort of thing that I liken it to. Is it like people are enjoying this game, but they're also looking at critically and being like, oh, no it is like, it's doing these things that you're like blowing your mind. And I'm like, no, it's, it's like, it's bad game design. It, like it, the, the writing is terrible. Yeah. The, the acting, I don't like, and we, we did, we didn't talk about this last week, but um, in the game awards, uh, uh, Death Stranding, I think is up top with nine nominations. I think it's nine nominations. Um, Mads Mikkelsen and Norman Reedus have been nominated for best acting. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a fucking travesty that uh, Logan Marshall Green didn't get nominated for Telling Lies. 
That's true. Because he, like, pick any of the scenes that he does in that game and, like, put it up against whatever the fuck Norman Reedus is doing in this game or Mads Mikkelsen. No, who... I thought Mads... Let's, let's not talk shit about Mads. Mads All right, but, but how you much screen got, time does he have in the, the game? He, he has a lot of fucking screen time at the end of the game. You haven't got to the okay. parts where he's oh, I've got significantly proud. 90 hours Uh, but um yeah Norman Reedus shouldn't be on there like what's he do fucking mug for the camera fucking uh most of it Mm. I mean there's 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 points where you go and do a he's the silent protagonist at certain points like there's people talking to him and he's not even engaging them like they forgot to record dialogue for that specific scene so it's just him standing there nodding um there's no there's that's no... how it's written that's it's not like they forgot it's written so that <laughs> people right. just talk at you like they just fucking talk exposition at you for fucking yeah. hours on end that's it's Meanwhile, just bad writing telling lies has like 18 minute monologues or not even they're not monologues but like single uncut takes. scenes yeah. yeah single takes of him like talking like telling talking stories to a kid and camera. Fucking... yeah um, oh yeah and again we, we yeah we, I don't mean I don't want to go into it but we like that that just kind of highlights the the game awards are very driven off of a, like it's a popular awards like what are the things that most people have played this year you like you look at telling lies and i think that uh, that game that game definitely reviewed well um uh, it might even be higher reviewed than death stranding or at least on par um but the difference between that game and like a death stranding is that it's got um death stranding probably has like a hundred and 50 reviews compared to telling lies which would be like a f- like 50 so you've got like one in three people that reviewed it uh like kind of outweighs it and so when it comes to these award categories the thing that is on top of people's minds and the freshest thing on there is death stranding and so they look at that and they're like oh yeah let's pick let's pick those two characters um and that such seems to be just like a trend that's trickled down through all those nominations like best writing and and uh you know best audio design and like that sort of stuff i'm like i look at those categories and i just it blows my mind that um it's even been nominated for a bunch of that if he ends up winning best um performance like yeah i don't know man I, like personally when i because i help in these game awards stuff and when i was putting together a list of the things that i would like to see nominated like i put um uh the scientist from like control um matthew porter portia i think something like that his name is um just because i thought that you know his performance was really good in that um yeah alan lake and like you know the the comparisons between like logan marshall green what he did in that Mm. game compared to (laughs) what i'm seeing out of this game 35 hours in is like a huge difference and so i don't agree with um that stuff at all so yeah man i i feel like it's going to clean up at the game awards personally um that's right and i yeah i think that sucks well jeff Kelly's fucking in it right yeah uh yeah which is gross which is fucking i mean gross. It, it's great he he doesn't have any i mean like he doesn't have any input in the awards per se like it's no, media outlets that are voting on, voting on it, but at the same time, um, it, yeah, it is a bit strange, right? There's a very gross fucking link yeah. in that chain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that the awards as well are 
not only popularity voted awards but literally fan voted awards as well and kojima has a huge following and so um there's a percentage of public voting that gets put into this i think that's gonna swing things as well like hugely yeah um so i just i feel like it's gonna clean up a bunch of awards at that that thing that i personally do not agree with at all um i think there's been better much better games out there um and it's that thing of like i just don't believe people have looked at it critically enough or or it's the or people that just haven't played a, a big breath of games this year or i don't know what it is it's just um you know s- saying that the game is not meant to be like um oh the game's not meant to be challenging or it's not meant to be about the combat or it's not like like coming up with all these things like oh it's not meant to be about, about that and i was like all right well then why What's why is there combat what's what yeah is what is it? it just tell me exactly what it's meant to be about right and we'll dig into it from there is it about the story oh no it's not it's not meant to be about the story like yeah oh is it about the story because the story is dog shit well it's not meant to be about the story oh it's about the is it about the combat no because the combat's garbage no it's not meant to be about the combat is it about the traversal yes it's about the you know it's, it's it's about charting a path somewhere. Oh, that's garbage as well. But it's fundamentally it's designed poorly because you are directly incentivized to make it as easy as possible. Oh, but you don't have to do that, right? But it's the most efficient way to play, uh, and and like that's that's game design is designing around efficiency. So like it's, it's not. Uh, designing to efficiency, it's designing around efficiency so that the bulk of players who will search out the most efficient way to play will enjoy the game that you are trying to create. That's your role as a game designer is to encourage people to actually uh, play the game you, you want them to play. Oh, well, no, but you have to want to do that. Right, so... Somehow, yeah. I'm I'm playing this wrong. Is that what you're saying? Somehow, I have played it wrong, even though. So I'm at fault, so, like as as the player, uh, for experiencing it the way I I wanted to play it. That it's it's on me. It's not on the game designer who tailors the entire experience towards the players. It's on the player. Right. Yeah. No. That sounds like good game design. It sounds like top-notch game design. It sounds like award-winning game design to me. That's what a great game designer would do, is, yeah, blame the players. That's that's it. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. My, other, my other thing is that if you, at any stage over the last year, have said mm. you didn't like Red Dead Redemption 2... Because it was too slow for you. Oh, I know, right? Because it took too long to open up a cupboard. You're not allowed to argue with me about Death Stranding. You are not <laughs> allowed. You, to, you're you not lost allowed. Your... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no, yeah. Like on the flip side, though, I uh, well, I guess we did complain about it. Uh, we just didn't care that much. It just didn't. But that's the thing, right? That's something I was trying to say as well in my big Twitter rant, is that it's it's not like... Ju- the thing about Death Stranding, right, is it's just traversal, right? Once you utterly ignore the combat because it's fucking pointless, right, 
once you dismiss that entirely, and once you utterly ignore the story because it's terrible, and you dismiss that entirely, the only element of any worth is traversal. And I guess if you didn't like the story in Red Dead Redemption 2, then you could do the same thing, right? You could say that you can dismiss the 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 story of, of Red Dead, right? Because it's utterly pointless. But you're still left with a lot of systems and a game that specifically and like very uh yeah deliberately incentivizes you to experience those systems right it's still it is you could treat it like a fucking death stranding traversal game where you just ride your fucking horsey from one side to the other and i've done that right and i've enjoyed it because it wasn't fun like frustrating on a fundamental level uh to the point of utter tedium that said what did i say it would be the first fucking mod it wasn't uh i was wrong but like for me, a, f a competent fast travel system, right? Because I didn't feel like the traversal itself, the riding a horse somewhere and holding the fucking auto, auto follow someone button was mm. the be all and end all. It was certainly a experience worth having, but I would have preferred it if afterwards they did the Pokemon thing, gave you some item that allowed you to fucking skip that shit. Or did the taxi thing from Grand Theft Auto and let you skip it for an extra fee or whatever the fuck, right? It's it is certainly a way to experience the game world, uh, and you c should be given the choice. But I would prefer to also have the choice to skip it because I don't I didn't enjoy it uh, like as as a means to an end itself, right? But there's also combat that is actually good combat, right? Uh, a lot harder on PC. <laughs> a lot harder on PC. Oh my god, I'm fucking shit at this game on PC. I'm actually really bad. I I don't know what's going on. Hey, I gotta lower the fucking sensitivity real low because I feel like I'm just like a lot of fucking. I don't know, man. In Red Dead the, on on PS4, I was I was a fucking snipe god. I was just fucking <laughs> blah, 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 like dudes on like the classic fucking lone gunman walking through a, a town shooting cunts off fucking roofs and stuff and in this I'm like but I shoot with this hand and it's fucking shaking all over the place I'm like pow and it goes whizzing past one a year and pow whizzing past the other I'm like oh my fucking god and then I die um yeah I'm fucking awful at shooting in Red Dead Redemption 2 but on PC but um it's still awesome combat right there's still a lot to it and it still feels like there's a challenge involved it still feels like it's worth uh, paying attention to how combat works out and the, the various things you can do to improve yourself, etc., mm -hmm. etc. There's hunting and fishing, etc., etc. There are all these systems that, you know, you don't have to engage in, but the game incentivizes you to. It's staggering to think that Death Stranding could come out as a fucking hollow shadow of what Red Dead Redemption 2 did and be lauded from the same people who ripped into Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I've been playing a stack of Red Dead Redemption 2 over the last um, week. Like, 
once I finished um, Jedi Fallen Order, that was kind of the game that I've been playing a bunch of. Um, I wanted to get back into Death Stranding, and I have sort of every once in a while played a couple of hours because I feel like I need to to finish that game or at least get to a point where I see a decent, you know, I, I still want to finish it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just like, Red Dead Redemption 2 is excellent. Such a good game. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's staggering how amazing that game is, how much fun I'm still having Yeah, playing that game a year on after mm-hmm. it's been released. Um, just, yeah, like the things you're talking about, all the systems that are there, the... I, I I think I talked about it um, when I first started playing it. Like, I'm going to play this as a bad guy this time. I can't do it. It's just, that's not working. I have to play it as a good guy. <laughs> like, yeah. I've tried doing it. Yeah, I, yeah, I tried the same thing. Arthur's, Arthur's just a good guy. He's just a good guy. He's nice to his horse. And yeah. He's a nice dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's killer stuff. Uh, I jump back in. Uh, I'm just... I've been playing the story missions. I've just been fucking about in the world. I really like fucking about in that world. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe I should do Red Dead Online, but I'm not... I uh, really feel like doing it, you know? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I prefer to play Grand Theft Auto Online over Grand mm. Theft Auto Five, but I just don't care to do it in Red Dead. Well, I haven't yeah. checked it out since it launched, but I know they're always updating it and putting new stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm just not inclined to check it out. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm still really digging um, Red Dead Redemption 2. It's, it's yeah. an excellent game. It, it, like, we'll, we'll talk about it more um, in a little bit, but a couple of weeks, but yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's on sale at the moment. If anybody hasn't played it yet, um, definitely pick it up. Uh, it's going to hit Steam pretty soon too, right? Didn't I read that? I think it's so, gonna, yeah. It's, it's finally going to hit Steam next week, I think. Uh, yeah, next, let me this check. time next week, I believe. December next. 5th, so... Yeah. Thursday next, next week. Yep, next week. Um, yeah, that game is, is very hard to pass up if uh, you like action. We just like, like action games. I think it sort of sets the the benchmark of what we'll be seeing um, in the next couple of years for, from like really good RPG AAA games. Um, yeah, anyway. What else do we have here? Uh, Dota Unlords. Let's talk about that. Oh, yeah? Because yeah, that's kind of the game that I always... Uh, I mean, I, I play Dota Unlords quite a bit. Usually every week I'll, I'll play a couple of games. Um, I just don't really put it on a list here because... It's sort of like my go-to, my go-to game at the yep. moment. Um, what have they done recently? They put out a patch yesterday, which coincided with the um, the Dota Two Underlords, sorry, Spirits. Outlanders patch. Whatever the fuck, Outlanders. That's it. Yeah. Which which we had in the news, but I don't know. We can, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll talk about it later. Um, yeah, and so they've put a a couple of new characters in there. So two new, um, uh, two new characters were released for Dota Two. And they've put them into the actual game for Underlords. And then along with that, they've added an extra couple of um, characters from the the uh, spirit side, I think they're calling them. Um, so yep. they put in like five or six new characters in this update mm. this week. And um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. They've uh, they sort of 
are really ramping up to changing like the meta of the game every couple of days because they've got that new jail system in there so yeah every every day you've got characters that like you can't choose from so it really forces you to think about like like not using the same build every day like that's pretty much impossible at this stage because of the way that they're just changing the meta every day yeah. um, there's obviously ways to like be like oh well I'm still going to use knights every time but at that stage like you can't just use the same like force your way into the same build every game mm. so that's really good um, and yeah they, they updated it with a new mode called knockout mode and it's sort of like this really self like five to ten minute contained game where you've got a, a bunch of lives i think it's five lives and you you select from um sort of like a predetermined list of characters it'll be like you can pick um like there'll be a selection of like three different sort of characters it'll give you uh, or three different builds it'll be like knights trolls or um warriors scales something like that and then you can sort of select the one that you want and then it puts you into like level five with a with a bunch of characters that are already predetermined. So you'll be able to see like two of those characters when you select them. Yeah. Um, and the other and three will just be like... the alliances, yeah. Yeah, different, different alliances. Oh, the alliance that it told you it would be. Yeah, and then so um, you start off that game, you immediately are given a bunch of gold and you can start rolling for characters and... Uh, oppose, uh, the difference between this mode and the regular mode is that it no longer takes three units to level up. It's now two units, so you can level up really quickly. Um, and it's then uh, two and two as well. To go from two star to three star, you only need two two stars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then so you uh, you basically starts a snowball you go up against another player and the person that um, wins that match takes a, a chunk of health uh, takes a life of the other person and so they've got now five, five lives to try and stay alive and it's it's re- like rapid fire um, Dota Underlords it's the they had that mode in there like the turbo mode they they were had in, at one stage yep. I think this is a better way of doing that right because turbo mode is basically just like a sped up version of Underlords to try and get things done quicker whereas this is a fast mode but it is it makes you think about the game entirely differently because you're getting random characters and too different because it it doesn't really draw like it feels like this is the mode that you will play on mobile Hmm. because nobody wants to play a 40 40 minute yeah long game and like by, like because of the way they changed the amount of health everyone has every game is now fucking 40 plus minutes yeah um this is the this is the game you would play on mobile right and it's too different to what you would play on pc i think mm-hmm. right there's no economy management there's no uh like the the two two units two stars is yeah, there's just a lot in there that is extremely different, and I feel like it's too different. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's, they, they're going to be careful with that shit. You know, uh, I do like it. I really like it. Uh, I just wonder if it's going to be overall detrimental to the health of the game. 
right? Like, right. What, what like if you people... think people would just move straight across that mode? If the if the bulk of players is on mobile, right? Mm. Is that yeah? Do people just move across to knockout mode? Yeah, you know, it's worrying. Worrying. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I dig that mode more than them being like we're going to do a turbo mode and it's just a quicker version of the normal one. Um, yeah, yeah. By by changing up the sort of settings and the way it plays out is really interesting. So I I played a couple of modes of that. Thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and enjoyed it. And then the the normal mode, like I've just been playing ranked, um, you know, every night or two. I'll jump on for a couple of rounds. I played a, a game last night that I, I won barely. Um, yeah. I got down to two health and I was in seventh place. And uh, I just managed to roll like what I needed to. I had no money left. Like I was broke on two health. And mm. I had a um, an Aegis and the dude beat me. And the ages broke. <laughs> and then uh, I went on like a 10-game winning streak after I rolled what I needed and ended up winning that game. <laughs> nice. um, it was really good. I had a build of like... I had mages. I had the new um, the new spirit um, alliance. So yep. I had all three of them going. So I had like an amber spirit, a spirit, and storm spirit were the three I was using. Yep. And then I had a bunch of mages and a couple of um, scrappy units as well. So I had alchemist up there doing some damage. Um, and I think I had sniper, uh, sniper maybe, can't remember. Another scrappy unit. And yeah, I just managed to go like on a 10 game winning streak and just got out like just barely. So that was pretty, uh, pretty fun. Um, so yeah, I'm really digging that game a lot. I think it's excellent. It's my my sort of go-to game at the moment where I've got like, you know, I'll, I'll like, I'll chuck that on and I'll listen to a podcast and, yeah. or, or like, I'll chuck that on and I'll have the basketball on, on the other screen and I'll watch basketball. Like that yeah. is like my game where I can do that. I can't do that with like PUBG or like Apex Legend, Legends or something like that. Like you need to be focused on those yeah. types of games. Whereas with, uh, with, um, Underlords, it's a strategy game, and so you've got some downtime in there. Yeah, you got you got time where you're like, you're not even doing anything. You're kind of just sitting there waiting for other people to finish, and so I can then, oh, okay, go watch some basketball while this is going on. Yeah, yep. it's a really good like. You don't need to be 110 percent focused on a game, um, mm. so that's why I like playing it a lot. So it's really cool. I dig it a lot. Yep. Uh, while we're talking auto battlers, shall we shift across to the other auto battler? Uh, which is uh, Hearthstone Hearthstone Battlegrounds Uh, this is so Hearthstone Battlegrounds is obviously Hearthstone Auto Battler Uh, 8 players at once which is the traditional Auto Battler style Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still extremely Hearthstone so instead of uh, units on the board it's minions like uh like you play cards and like minions as results uh and like those those minions attack automatically uh you don't have to tell them who to attack or anything like that uh it is proper auto battling um but yeah it's still very much a card game and you've got like a uh how many fucking minions can you fit on a fucking hearthstone board seven i think um (laughs) So seven units on the board and uh, they will auto attack and they attack left 
left to right, so the, there's a bit of positioning play. But uh, overall, Battlegrounds to me is like they're doing the Blizzard thing of babies first, you know. Like uh, I don't know, like why they're so addicted to this idea, uh, but because you know, like StarCraft shows that they don't have to be babies first RTS or whatever. That's the fucking that's that's daddy's fucking RTS, right? Like that's that's yeah. the one you graduate to, right? When you finally <laughs> finish playing the fucking baby shit. You get to StarCraft. For some reason, for whatever reason, they have reversed everything and they're now, like, all in Babies First. Babies First. MOBA is HOTS and Babies First. Shooter is Overwatch. And, like, they just fucking love that idea. I have no idea why. Hearthstone is not Babies First card game either. Like, it's a complex... It, it might be a little simplistic compared to Magic, but Magic is insane, uh, Arsene's more complex than a bunch of other, like just by nature of having been out longer, um, it's more complex, but, uh, nevertheless, they've gone for the babies first thing. So it's extremely simple, simplistic. There's no uh, economy management, uh, in the sense that there's no like interest or anything like that. Um, there's no grid positioning. It's left to right only. You don't determine who they attack or who on your team gets attacked you only determine the order in which your characters will attack, so left to right. Uh, and uh, there's no three-star upgrade. It's, it's only two-star only. Uh, and it, it, it's just it's simplified, right? And it leans pretty heavily on RNG uh, as, a, as an evening tool, as a, as right. a balancing tool. But when you dig deep into it, it feels fundamentally quite unbalanced. Uh, and that's because it's only an open beta. So a lot of my criticisms for it can be rapidly fixed. Uh, yeah. But I do think that on some level, there are too many layers of RNG. Uh, there's, I, I wrote down what I thought were all the RNG layers. There's RNG in, in the heroes you attack. So from the outset, uh, sorry, heroes you choose. Um, so from the outset, you pick a, a hero, right? Yeah. Uh, and the hero has a different ability. It's sort of similar to the Underlord. But these abilities are massively uh, game-defining. They really, really define your play strategy and what you will do in a game of Battlegrounds. Um, so you might have... There's Lich King, right? You might get Lich King, and he will make... Uh, your, I believe it's rightmost minion respawn. So he gives them the reborn mm -hmm. uh, trait. So uh, when you when you activate his hero power, um, he will give them reborn. So when they die, they come back to life. However, for some some reason, it's got to be a bug because he's utterly useless the way like this way. But uh, they come back without any of their buffs. So if you chuck your beefy thing all the way on the right and then reborn them. They'll come back as like a 3-1 and you're like, okay, well, they're no good to me now. Uh, and yeah, he... So he needs very specific units uh, for to, to have any fucking use at all, right. basically. Right? Like, you can't reborn a... Like, if you're going beasts, right? There's a... There's a instead of... Um, uh, race and class synergies. It's only got tribal synergies, right? 
so tribal synergies, murlocs, beasts, robots, demons. Uh, and yeah, if you're going beasts and you go and you try to reborn your scavenging hyena who gets plus two plus two anytime a beast dies, and you've had fuck tons of beasts die, and your scavenging hyena is 54, 64 or some shit, right? Like, just fucking beefed, right? Mm. Dies to a poison, reborn, comes back as a 2-2, points. Like, maybe maybe makes it up to 10-10 by the time the other beasts die. Beasts on your board die, but... No, probably not. Probably not that big a deal, right? At best, right, his, his best use, Lich King's best use is you put him put the hyena there so that if the hyena is is one of the first attacked never gets the opportunity to buff himself up to a point where he can live through that shit right then he comes back and will still buff himself up for the rest of it right because you don't get i have not under any circumstances worked out how you can determine who will be uh, attacked first except via the taunt mechanism like a shield uh, like a shield logo around uh, a unit um, indicates that they will all be always be attacked first. Um, that is Hearthstone classic, right? Taunt is a like was one of the first fucking things in Hearthstone, right? Everyone understands that. I don't think it's out out of the ordinary for it to exist. I just don't understand how if you don't have taunts, it it sort of means it makes it feel like that's the only reason taunt exists, right? Like is so that you can, on some level, control where an attack will go. Otherwise, it's a full-blown dice roll, which feels really bad when that scavenging hyena gets attacked first. It also means that you can never fuck... Like, it's... it's Battlegrounds is a game where you're supposed to put all your eggs in a basket, right? It's, it's about the... Remember... Uh, no, it never really happened in Underlords, but in Auto Chess, uh, you would always have like one carry character. You'd have mm-hmm. one character that you chucked everything into uh, and designed your entire team around buffing the fuck out of, and you'd put all your items on that one person and they would get built to fuck and then they sure. would just fuck everyone, right? That was, that was the, um, Auto Chess game, um... This you gotta have two, basically. You gotta have two. What the fuck? Uh, apparently it's drill time. Um, uh, you gotta have two ultra carries. If it goes again, I'm gonna have to go have a fucking look. Um, you gotta have two ultra carries because, like, basically, otherwise you can't like. You can't rely on one thing living. There are too many uh, instant death. Uh, situations that will result in you getting fucked, right? So, yeah. the you got to have your beefy fucking hyena, but you also have to have a beefy something else, right? you got to work that shit out. That's, that's decent strategy. I, I appreciate that. But, that's, you know, that's just one of your hero powers. Then there are other ones, like, uh, buff a character of a certain tribe in your uh, team and Mm -hmm. you can use that to buff like some characters well up right Uh, every time like every time it 
happens, it changes. Uh, so you will hit it and it will buff a Murloc in your team. Hit it and it will buff a Demon in your team. Hit it and it buffs a Beast in your team. And it sort of cycles through the, all the tribes. And what that results in is usually people finding a Nightmare Amalgam, which exists as one of, like, it's part of every tribe. And they just super buff that. And you wind up seeing, and that that's a very common, very common strategy. Uh, brand, brand, I think it is. Uh, anytime you play a, a minion with battle cry, uh, they get plus, uh, a random minion on your board gets plus one, plus one. Right. Uh, this the the synergy for this dude is out of control. He's probably, I think he might be, the second best in my experience. He's he's like he's definitely I've had the most success with him, except for one other fucking character. Uh, one other character is utterly broken, but this dude is pretty broken. There are so many fucking Battlecry uh, minions, and all you all you do is you play. Like, you sell, you get seven minions on your board, uh, and then you just, like, cycle through. You buy minions for three gold apiece out of the, like, out of the cards you've been dealt, and then you sell one off the board, place mm-hmm. another battle cry down. Sell one off the board, place another battle cry down. And you just sort of fucking super buff all your shit by dumping stuff as, as quick as you can. The broken dude, Dancing Daryl, uh, he, uh, he will buff... He has plus one, plus one to, uh, he, he does this, this twice anytime you sell a minion. And so for him, you can turn your board into literally unbeatable. Uh, I had a game where I didn't lose a single fucking round with Dancing Daryl. Uh, basically all you do is you sell by, there was obviously a little bit of luck involved, but if you buy everything, Except for one, he will plus one, plus one that last minion. So you buy all the minions, all f- all four other minions. Like there, fi- there are five up there, right? Uh, you, or you buy, sorry, all th- all three, and there are four up there, and you buy three of them, and you leave one up, and then you just sell, and you can buff that one minion up to the the fucking wazoo. You can fucking hmm. chunk it all the way fucking up, and then you put it down. And by the time you put it down whatever the fuck it is, is now a plus 12, plus 12, or whatever the fuck, right? You can do that constantly. If you really want to fuck some people, right, and you feel like you didn't get anything out of it, uh, out of a certain uh, role situation, you just buy everything, right? And then you wait a turn. If you feel like your board's already good enough to win some rounds, you buy everything, and then you buy everything, and then two rounds have passed, and then the next time you buy three, leave one up there, and then you sell fucking everything. You sell fucking 12 minions all at once. And what walks out of there is a 24, 24, plus whatever the fuck it was, and you dump it on the board, and you're Gucci. And then you get two of those, you do that twice, uh, twice more, and it combines into some sort of fucking... 91 91 beast machine uh and if you do it on an amalgam which is a murloc and uh and a fucking uh and a robot and uh all these things right you can then add other buffs 
right? You add poison to it. You add taunt to it. You add fucking divine shield to it. And you turn this one thing that was already pretty unkillable into a unstoppable beast. And you can basically just get rid of everything else. You don't do it because you then tech into whatever you're, you're facing off against your <laughs> opponents with. Uh, but yeah, this one thing is unstoppable. I've done it. Uh, yeah, I've done it three times now. And it is disgusting. Uh, he is utterly broken. Uh, that I, I was doing all the all the levels are RNG. So that's the hero, right? That's the so hero selection is at the start of a fucking round, right? RNG immediately. If you don't get, there are some utter dog shit fucking heroes that you can get, where it honest to god feels like. Like you know, you've got zero chance, zero percentage chance of winning, uh, but you might like you've got a fairly high chance of not even fucking placing, hmm. right? Like it's going to be a fucking you're going to have to be playing some real fucking potatoes to actually have a chance of getting in the top four. So it's actually in your interest to sort of just bail on that game, right? Because you're not going to get anything out of it. You are going to lose your matchmaking ranking anyway, so maybe you just fucking quit, right? What's the difference? What's the difference between coming 7th or 8th? Uh, and if you're going to come 8th, why don't you just fucking quit now? Right? Hmm. And then on the flip side, if you get a choice of one of the really good ones, yeah, you're set, right? That's the first level of fucking RNG. Uh, obviously, there's RNG in the minions you get offered, uh, but that's that's the that's the game, right? That's fine. Yeah. Um, the problem is that you can't see... If you click on the other players you can't see what their board is you only get to see their board when you actually play against them hmm. uh which i think is a fundamental issue because you can't you can see their you can see their win percentage like their track record but you can't see them act like whether what they're playing you can't see what tribes they've got or anything like that that'd be like I'm, at the very least it needs an icon saying they've got fucking five murlocs or something like that so you know they're going murlocs right because you don't know what you should or should not be buying right there are only 18 one star cards in in a fucking um like on on board at once right there are only 18 of them um i believe that's the number uh so if you if everyone's going murlocs you're never going to get the murloc of the golden murloc of your dreams it's never going to happen but you've got no fucking way of knowing that uh until you face off against like and until you face off against all seven other fucking players it does the auto battle thing that i fucking hate where you play the same person multiple times uh it is unbelievably unbalanced uh because you will play against dead players later rounds in later (laughs) rounds uh, when there's only three people left, it doesn't play you against a clone. It mm. plays you against someone who's dead. These right. are guaranteed wins. Guaranteed <laughs> wins. That's uh, if, if you lose against a dead player, you sort of deserve to fucking lose. Um, so yeah, that's that's not good. Uh, that's RNG. Um, and it's, it's bad RNG. Uh, what, what else? Um, uh, I wrote it all down. Let me see. Uh, yeah, zero. Uh, RNG and who you're going to fight player-wise. RNG and who the minions attack. Uh, and... That's about it. Um, it's, still, it's still too many layers of RNG, in my, in my opinion. Uh, and then 
Yeah. After, like, turn nine or so, hmm. uh, turn nine or ten, um, you take more than half of your damage a turn, generally. Everyone's buffed. Everyone's gotten their tavern up to a certain level. Um, the only time you don't get your tavern up to a certain level is Dancing Daryl, because you've got literally no incentive to, because uh, you're better off buying low-level shit and then pumping up the one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's easier to manage the amount of uh, minions on your board if you never go past i think it's four um so the minions that you do have do a fuck ton of damage to other minions but uh the amount of damage you do to a hero is based off the star level of the minion so you and plus your tavern level so if you're tavern level four and you've and you've buffed a level one a one star minion up to fucking 100 100 uh, it will you'll and that's the only one that lives. You'll right. do five damage, right? But if you're tavern level six and you've got tavern level six minions and they do damage and like three of them live, you'll do twenty four damage. And everyone except for patchwork starts with fucking four sixty sixty uh sorry, starts with forty health. So 24 damage is more than half your health. You are, at that point, two round, two losses are away from, from losing at all, uh, which doesn't really give you enough time. There's no time to fucking tech, right? There's no mm. time to change your tech. Um, if you lose 90%, like, 60% of your fucking health in one fucking round, uh, there's, there's not really a lot you can do. Uh, if there's only two people left, right... Uh, if it's you versus the other person, you basically result you resign to to death. Uh, if it's three, you hope you get the dead person. Uh, so you got another fucking extra round. But there's a very good chance that if there's three people left, you'll still wind up facing like the same person the round after. Even though technically with a dead person, there should be a pool of three, right? Like you're one right and there should be a pool of three because someone faces a dead person that's not how it should work but that's how it does work despite this it it will put you up against the same person multiple times uh it's i just don't i don't agree with that um anyway uh my biggest problem i think is that it feels extremely unbalanced like extremely unbalanced and it's an open beta, so there is room for them to fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the changes they would need to do to make to to fix it are dramatic. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I, I think the heroes stuff gives battlegrounds a lot of flavor, but you, I think you'd have to eliminate it. I think you'd have to get rid of it to have any hope of balance because otherwise there's always going to be there there are so many there are, i think there's like 13 heroes to choose from you only get to choose right. from three at a time um but there are so many that there's just no way you're ever going to balance it correctly and yeah the difference the difference in power levels between these heroes the difference in like percentage chance to win or prospects for victory are fucking crazy. Uh, it's not to say you can't win with the 
bad ones, but because of the extra layers of RNG, you don't have a lot of fucking control over your destiny. Uh, the good ones, you've got a lot of control over your destiny. And if you redefine a victory as a top four finish, then I think you can win every game mm-hmm. or like almost every game until it, until you've breached your MMR. But yeah, if you define a victory as an actual fucking victory, yeah, it's, it's heavily dependent on the hero. Uh, and there is a lot of R- other RNG in there that will factor into whether or not you win. And it doesn't feel good to me, right? That's not a... I want to feel like I made the best decisions I could and that led to a high percentage chance of victory. What mm-hmm. it feels like instead is I make the best decisions I can and then it doesn't matter. And then I roll some dice. It feels right. independent. It's independent on my decisions, right? Uh, my decision-making doesn't have a great enough impact on my my victory condition, you know? That's my problem with it. Uh, and, yeah, that's it, it reminds me a lot of Artifact in that way, in that there were too many layers of RNG so that by the time... Uh, I was winning or losing a game, I never really felt like I was the one who had championed that destiny. And I think that's very important in basically every fucking video game, is you're supposed to feel like the champion of your own destiny. You can Mm -hmm. still, like, you play PUBG and you can get gifted a circle over and over and over again, but you still need to be able to get the fucking chicky D yourself. And we are like, I had a game the other fucking day. I don't know if I talked about this last week or not, but we had a game on Miramar where the circle, like we started at fucking power grid, shoot me. Uh, but we started at fucking power grid, one power grid, right? And then the circle ended at, uh, the field Southeast of El Pozo. So ultimately to get into the final circle, all we had to do was move about 800 meters right but we didn't do that we went all around the place trying to find extra loot and we went and like we basically went on this fucking journey right this massive fucking epic journey from one shit fight to another like just constantly getting fucked on uh until it finally ended so we went like fucking north of power grid to a location so we could get some loot and then northwest of there to another warehouse so we could get some loot. And when we got to that warehouse, we started getting fucking... We, like, got fucking fifth-partied. We were getting fucking sniped. Uh, everyone except for me went down at some point in this game. Like, got downed. We got everyone back up. While we were getting sniped, another team started sniping us. It was distinctly another team. I checked. Uh... Yeah, distinctly another team started sniping at us. They weren't sniping at our fucking snipers, hmm. just at us. So now there's fucking two teams getting in on it. And then a third team came in and started attacking us from the fucking... So we're getting attacked from the west. Then we start getting attacked from the east. And then we start getting attacked from the fucking south. Like, we're just getting... We're just in the middle of a fucking... We're, we're in the middle of a bukkake. And we're, like, waiting for the fucking... The, the the cum torrent, I guess, at this point. Like, we're waiting for the bukkake. 
Like, we're just getting fucking dumped on. And, like, we just couldn't do much. So we made the best fucking decision we could. And I got a knock. Uh, and then, like, when we got that knock, we we immediately left using that. So I got a knock to our east. So we went to the car, got in the car, and drove away to the east uh, because we knew that they would be helping each other out we still copped a bunch of shit on our way out but we managed to get down to another location where we immediately started getting fucking sniped again uh from a different fucking team Hmm. and then we so this was on the mountain that's uh east of el pozo you know that big mountain uh so we're on that mountain the circle like shifts desperately away from us we're well out of the circle again it's on that fucking field on the other side of the mountain our car's fucked. We're getting sniped. So we dropped some smokes and we just fucking, we ditched out. And we basically just did our best to get back in the circle. And wouldn't you know it, the circle then moves to the opposite, like the opposite side of the fucking giant open field from us. Uh, there's still, I think there was still 24 people left alive. So six-ish teams, uh, five including us. Uh, we were all still up at this point, but we had to cross a wide open field and, uh, yeah, like we are still in charge of our own destiny at this point, right? It doesn't look good. Our path to victory is a fucking tightrope walk, right? It is narrow as fuck, right? But we're still in charge of our destiny. That's what I fucking like in a fucking video game. We won that game. We should not have won that game. We finished that game. I finished that game on 50% health. I'd already used all my bandages. I'd already used my, all my bandages fucking ages ago. I didn't have a helmet, and my my vest was at fucking 50%. But, and like, we literally had to run into an open field. Uh, I think uh, Trig uh, had three bandages left. Uh, no, no stims. Neither of us were at full fucking health. Uh, we were both separated because we couldn't get fucking close enough uh, to one another to swap bandages or anything because we didn't have any fucking utility left, right? Uh, we were just sort of fucked, but we had managed to get into the circle and get a the slightest amount of fucking cover. Uh, the team that we're facing off against, uh, they had to run down these hills into the circle. Uh, so the very last circle we didn't get circle fucked we didn't get gifted it wasn't like we were put in the circle we still had to move into the circle but we made the correct decision to move into the circle as soon as possible so that when we had managed to find some cover uh the other team who decided to move in late i think they were trying to scope us out uh they were free right they had no choice but to fucking sprint down a fucking hill and we got to pick them off and we got the chicky d we should not have won that game at all at all. But we're in charge of our own dis- destiny. Um, we managed to fucking get there. RNG was against us. 100% against us. But we still got it, right? That feels fucking good, right? And we never, f- at no point, did I feel like we had zero fucking chance of winning, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the case in Battlegrounds. There are moments where I feel like I have zero chance of winning. Uh, like, not... I still have a, a chance of getting into the top four. Which, yeah, a lot of people count as a win in Battlegrounds, but not me, right? It's the chicky D or nothing, right? Number one, if you ain't first, you're last. And, yeah, 
I feel like that constantly in Battlegrounds. I don't have... There is no path to victory. There's a path to relative victory. But it's not mm -hmm. good enough for me. And I feel that feels bad. Anyway. Yeah. So that's my yeah. thoughts on Battlegrounds. Fair enough. Um, I think the one complaint that I heard when I was speaking to people that played it at BlizzCon was that the UI seemed... It was pretty much the same UI as a regular game. Have they, have they made any changes to that at all? Because you talked about how, like... You can't see what other players are doing, but have they done anything else in there to like give you more information at all, or is it pretty much just like the regular Hearthstone UI? It's very similar to the regular Hearthstone UI. You can see the other, like you can see what heroes you're up against. Um, their little hero portraits are there, and uh, if you hover over them, you can see. Uh, I believe it's their tavern tier. And yeah, with like their last, like their win history. Yeah. So you can see if they've got like blah, blah, blah. Um, they they won their last game. They lost the one before that, et cetera, et cetera. And how much they won by, but you can't see much else beyond that. That's about all you can see. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's anything else that really changed in terms of the UI. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, do you want to talk about PUBG then? Oh yeah, I don't know. I've said said my bit. My I played some PUBG with you another week. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I fired up my VPN and, and jumped into the Australian servers. Uh, ping wasn't fantastic. Yeah, it was about 170. I was getting. Um, yeah, which is with with the VPN off, I was getting about 185, 180. Right. So a little bit better, um, mm. but still de definitely noticeable. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, first game we dropped in, I like murdered two guys like straight off the bat, and I was just like, "All right, I'm back, baby." Yeah, <laughs> this is huge. We went um, huge immediately. Yeah, we had we had a couple of good games in there. Um, I think like we were getting we didn't win any games, but we were getting top like five finishes for most of them. Yeah, that we played. Um, there was yeah. there was one game. I think I got about five six kills. We started off at. Uh, El Pozo? No. What's the main the main area in Miramar that we, we, you always drop at? Lost, lost the owners. Lost the owners. We started off in there, and there were like three other teams fighting at one stage, and yeah, uh, we eventually got out of there on top, and uh, ended up in like a building further to the west, and ran into like another team there, and we were like having having a battle like across a ridge with one yeah. team, and then someone else came up really close and. That was where I think you were. You ended up dying outside because we needed to go. Like someone else was in the buildings across from us, and then they um sort of like like high school demountables, like in a, a U shape, right? And we were in yeah. one side, and there was another team on the other side. We were having pot shots at them. Eventually, so they left. Shot me. Yeah, yeah. So eventually, they left and they came around to the back through towards our building. Yeah, and this is where like you got. Lit up by Heath. <laughs> like, fucking done. Like, done. And we fucking would have won that game if it hadn't happened. Uh, but, yeah, basically, I guarantee we would have won that game. I was so... I knew the dude. So, basically, yeah, I jumped out the window uh, and Heath, Heath saw me fall in front of him and then just fucking opened up. Took me down to 5% health. And I was so distracted because I like in my mind, right. You know how it is, right? Like you, 
mentally account for everyone in an yeah. area. Yeah. And so I'd mentally accounted for everyone and gone out the correct way, like jumped out this building in the correct direction so that I wouldn't be shot on landing. Yeah. Still got shot, shot on landing. <laughs> and I'm like, hold up. And then, But like, I was also halfway around this corner and I knew the dude was, I knew this dude was here, right? I was ready to fucking do him. So I had specifically pushed further than the, the, um, the corner, right? Because I didn't want to give him the tight angle on the corner. I wanted to push out because I figured he'd be specifically attempting to hold that, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a, you know, it's, it's common first person shooter shit, right? Like if you push further out, yes, they get more chance to, to shoot you, but it is not the specific place where they're just going to spray and recoil control. So you actually managed to shift them a little bit, right? So I jumped across and then, but in my mind, I was still trying to work out who had fucking shot me. And so I, and also I was on 5% health. So I never really fucking worked out. Uh, I didn't get any fucking shots down range at him because I was still fucking shook. And then like, it must've been like 15 seconds later after I died, I'm like, did you shoot me Heath? Like, cause I, honest to God, could not process what had happened. Like, I just fucking couldn't. I'm like, I don't understand, right? Like, I'm like fucking that uh, hangover meme where all the fucking <laughs> yeah. math signs are going. I'm like, oh, that's... Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, did you shoot me? He's like, yeah, you, fu you jumped in front of me and I wasn't, I wasn't accusing him at that point, right? I would. The accusations would, would fly soon. But at that point, I was legitimately trying to work out what the fuck had happened. Because uh, I was going to, obviously, if he hadn't shot me, I was going to relay that information across so that we would have a better chance. But, like, uh, winning, because obviously if he didn't shoot me, someone else had, and you would have to watch out for him. Uh, or her. Them. Right? But, no, it was Heath. And you were safe to... But, like, I was just fucking... Stunned. I was full-blown stunned. If he hadn't shot me, I would have gone around that corner and murdered that guy. I guarantee it. Because he wasn't that good a fucking shot. Uh, he got Heath. He, well, well. <laughs> I think Heath was also... Uh, his brain was processing all his, all the excuses he would need to come up with for <laughs> shooting me. Because he knew I was coming. He knew the fucking torrent that was about to fly his way. Uh... But yeah, anyway, if I, yeah, if I hadn't died, we would have won that game. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Because, yeah, uh, after that, uh, it was just like, you got, you got a fucking sick kill head peeking. Now that was that game, right? Like you just head, head peeked. I think I got two of them. Yeah. I killed the guy that was shooting you and then someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it moved out into the, the open field, but it was so, I watched that game end. And it was so easy. It should have been so easy. Mm. The guy who killed us, uh, who killed you, wound up winning. And he had such a fucking good line on it. And if there were two of us there, or three of us even, uh, they would have had no fucking hope. Yeah, right. that, was a, that was a bummer. Uh, but we came like fourth in that game. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, we we, we so, had like ten people playing, I think, at one stage. Yeah, around that, ten yep. or eleven in the server. Um, yeah, it, it was 
it was good i've um i haven't, I haven't played much since, since then i played a game before when the uh, the new patch dropped um for the PUBG labs live thing that they're doing where they're giving you rankings now um so i just jumped into like a solo game and, and played i came like 10th or something with like two kills i was just in solos running around on sandhawk of course um so yeah it, it's fun we, we should definitely jump in at some stage oh, yeah. keep playing that I, I, i've yep. seen you guys in there a couple of times but generally it's like oh it's a full team so <laughs> can't be fucked jumping in I found that usually once we hit five, I think mm. a lot of people are like, oh, it's a full team, I won't jump in. Right. But if if you do jump in, like, we will quickly raise to a couple of teams. Yeah. And i got no problem with splitting into threes. Like, yeah, two teams of three is, like, only one more person after a five. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like two teams of three as well. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the PUBG Global Championship 2019. I, yeah. uh, I went along to that over the weekend, which is the, it's like the culmination of the last sort of season of, of PUBG. Um, we've, it's been going on for a little while. They've sort of like been building up over the last couple of weeks. They did like the, uh, sort of like each region had like a qualification stage. Um, and then they had like a, a, a like a group stage event where, um, you know, everybody was sort of split up into different groups there. Then they had like the semifinals where they had th- 32 teams, I think, were playing in that one. Or was it 24? 20. I think it was like 32 teams all up. Then they eventually whittled down to like 24. and But there were like three groups. And so it yeah. was like group A versus three, group C. Yeah. And then group three B. Eight. For- yeah, 24. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a weird format. And then, like, the bottom sort of 16 after all of those ended up uh, going on to the grand final, which took place in uh, in San Francisco. What's that? Top 16. Yeah, top 16 and up playing at uh, Oakland Arena in San Francisco over the weekend. So, um, yeah, you hooked us up with uh, an invite for that. So I went along on the last day. I didn't um, didn't go on the first day, but... Did you manage to watch any of those those games on the first day at all? Uh yeah, yeah, I had it up. Um It was uh I don't know. It was it was good. It was pretty good. Gen G were fucking ripping. Um I wasn't paying super amounts of attention. Uh I sort of had it up on a another screen. Uh and yeah, I was like sort of tuning in mentally right. every now and then. Um but yeah, no, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought the setup was was awesome. Um, like, as a from a viewer perspective, mm-hmm. it was a bit difficult to find the specific team channels. I don't know why they're as hidden as they are, but I found yeah. it really difficult to find them. Um, but yeah, I had the I had the main broadcast and the map up on two separate screens. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was, it was good fun. Uh, very entertaining. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think PUBG Esports works from a viewer's perspective. It's it's so much better now. Um, yeah. They've really tightened it up. Um, 
that yeah. there's there's some things they can improve on, which I think we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, for the most part, yeah. like it's it's a really good spot right now. It doesn't feel like there's much downtime. Yeah. Like when the game starts to getting to the end of the game, it feels like there's always something happening. Um, yeah. You remember even a year ago, man, or, or, or further, they had the problems with people like not wanting to engage in fights or you'd be, yeah. you'd have half the team sitting in the water. Um, and we always said from the start, like you need to make this game about the kills, like buff those kills up. Cause when they first started running it as an esport, it was like, placement points with the call placement yeah yeah and yeah. so nobody engaged in fights because there's no reason to mm. with this season of PUBG, they end up going uh in the complete opposite direction where um basically first place was 10 points second place was six points and then each kill was one point so all of a sudden you've got incentive to get some kills because if you don't come first you're <laughs> you're coming last right as yeah. Vin Diesel would say um, and so yeah you've got like all of a sudden like you need to try and get these kills because kills are extremely important and we saw that coming out with this particular or the way this event unfolded like kills were definitely one of the sort of like the, the leaning points as to why this particular team won um, so yeah. yeah I think the the sort of change they did this season is really good and they've put it in a really good spot for viewability um yep. like being able to watch it is it's it's really great um and i do like the like being able to address the main complaint we had was like you've got a specific team you want to watch not being able to watch it was pretty shit because like oh we want to watch the the australians but we can't watch the australians because the the broadcasters aren't interested in telling that story they're watching uh, you know, it used to be like FaZe Clan or, you know, that sort of thing. Like it was always some of the European teams. Um, and, uh, and then they went to adding like the thing you talked about, like the extra cameras you can watch, like, oh, now there's a map camera or now yeah. there is like a team specific camera. So you can go out and watch that team run around on the map. And that's awesome. Yeah. So all of a sudden you've gone from one broadcast to being able to have multiple on the screen. You can have the main one up, you can have the map up on the screen and then like multiple teams that you want to follow at the same time. So that stuff is a really good way to sort of portray uh, the game and for you to follow along. So they're, they're in a really good spot for that sort of stuff. Um, I'll talk about the venue. Uh, so they had an Oakland Arena, which is the old um, Warriors stadium for they used to play the basketball at. Is that why you're wearing that shirt? Uh, no, I... No, uh, that was just the thing I grabbed. It <laughs> was in the pile. Why do you even have that shirt? He's wearing uh, a Warriors shirt. They, they give us shirts on opening night. Who gives a shit? Why didn't you burn it? Why didn't you burn it, Luke? That's I'm what a, I thought. You got an authentic You're fan. a fucking Warriors fan now. Yeah. You're a Warriors um, fan. Yeah, so was it the arena? I, I don't know why at this stage. Like, I went there and it was... Maybe one of the most underwhelming esports events I've been to. It could be the most oh, wow. underwhelming. Um, wow. They uh, so we, we got I got in there um, and outside of sort of the um, like you have the main arena and then outside is like where they serve all the food and they've got stalls for merchandising and things like that. Not really a lot going on. They had like a section where there was. Um, where you could buy the t-shirts and, you know, that sort of stuff. I had a look at some of the t-shirts, didn't really like them, the styles that they were doing. Um, 
just like there was like a plain one with like PUBG Championship 2019 and with like the logo they've been putting out. Um, and they had a bunch of like cutesy sort of PUBG, like, like bobblehead type t-shirts. Just like stuff that I don't really associate with PUBG at all. Um, so I didn't like much of the merchandising they had there. Yeah. And like a tattoo station where you get the, ta- the, the, the logo of the PUBG Championship tattooed on you. Uh, right. not a real tattoo just obviously a fake like oh, okay. tattoo thing um, they had a station set up for the mobile game um, which you could play and then that was probably sort of like about it out the front they had a Dacia sitting in you know you, you go get a photo with uh, but like not a lot outside of the actual main arena that you can kind of like go into and so yeah. like I compare that to what was going on at, I mean events that I've been to like you go to a um, I mean the ESL stuff at like Sydney where there's just stuff happening everywhere there's like different vendors and there's signings going on and like all these things or, or even like the Rainbow Six Siege stuff like having um, just little sort of pockets of different things going on artwork and uh, like videos of like early development like of the game and being able to sort of not just experience like what is going on in the arena but like go outside that and walk around and do all these other things that are sort of happening it didn't really feel like any of that vibe at the arena for PUBG um global championship um so uh, like aside from that once you got into the hall um it was really weirdly set up like they had an entire arena and they were using I'd say maybe less than a quarter of the seating. Um, so they had the stage set up in the middle, which was in these sort of like, um, like semi-circular um, stations. So each team had like a, there was like three teams in each sort of like semi-circle. And then um, on the sort of walls of this semi-circle was like a screen and you'd have player cameras on the screen. And so you'd have like a team sitting on one side, like on the left, and then in the middle was another team, and the right was, you know, your third team. And so they had these sort of like spread out in the middle uh, for all 16 teams. And then the rest of the um, the seating was like, yeah, just like a quarter of the seating of the stadium was used. It was just the lowest, um, the lowest stands as well. So the way you can imagine a basketball stadium set up is you've yeah. generally got like lower tier seating. And then there's like a, elevation and then you've got upper tier as well and so there was no one sitting at upper tier they had broadcasting stuff going off in some of those areas but for the most part it was just like cornered off um and then yeah it wasn't packed like it was there was empty seats all over the place it was very uh like there was no atmosphere in this arena at all it was super wow. okay um, it, like there was definitely you could be people were cheering and whatnot but it was quiet for the most for the most part, like I, to the point where it just the, the, all you could hear during this event was just people chatting. Like that's what it sounded like. Um, and then yeah, occasionally really. like stuff would happen on the screen and people would start clapping and cheering, but it, you like, that's how quiet it was. You could hear just chatter the entire time. Um, is that like sort of, I don't know. Like it's, it's the nature of PUBG, right? Like there isn't, much going on 
and then there is yeah you know i mean like, there's obviously there's things going on it's just like people just weren't really engaged into it it was just talking the entire time and like every once in a while oh there's something going on, on the screen now um whereas like you go to one of those other events like i don't know if it, it was the same thing in japan when you went there but was it like just people talking the entire time or were they like engaged in what was happening on the screen and getting really oh, like into it and screen. stuff yeah 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 and so that's what like my experience has been at these esports events like people are, are like drilled I think, to that but, like is PUBG more like those moments when like basketball or like a like sport in between yeah like during a during maps during the map of Rainbow Six Hmm. At Tokanami, everyone sure. was fucking, like, glued. Yep. But in, in between those maps, like, it was chatter, you know? Like, is hmm. that what's going on? Is there just that much more downtime in PUBG that people don't feel the need to pay as much attention? Or is it too difficult to pay as much attention? Maybe. In a live environment? like, And I'll get to well, that somewhat had, later. We are uh, watching esports channel. Mm-hmm. I didn't jump in on the last day because uh, I wasn't feeling... I was quite hungover. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just didn't didn't want to... I just wanted to fucking sit in my bed. I didn't want to yep. get on Discord, basically. Uh, and, um, yeah, uh, but people were chatting throughout the games and talking. But, like, it wasn't... It was by no means PUBG chat, yeah. you know? Like... I would say it was variety, uh, but then hinging back, like it'd be like, it would be like watching the basketball, right? At, at a mate's place, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're yeah. sitting there watching the basketball, but generally chatting with your friends. Uh, and then when something happens, you'd be like, oh, what the fuck is he doing? Or, oh my God, that was amazing. But then you'd go back to chatting, you know? Like, mm. I don't know. That's that was definitely the vibe in the watching esports channel on our Discord, um, sure. and I find that that doesn't. It still happens when we watch other esports, like when we watch Dota and stuff. There's a lot of chatter, but it's it feels more Dota focused. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder why that is. I hadn't even I hadn't really thought about it. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like the turnout was, it just felt like they didn't sell enough tickets. Uh, maybe uh, I never looked into how much tickets were going for, but um, to me, it felt like they uh, they just couldn't fill the, the seats they were giving. Like I had a, a map layout of uh, what the arena was supposed to look like, and it felt like they were missing two like whole sections that they just didn't even bother putting people into. Um, and there was just empty seats all over the place. Like, I feel like at that stage, you just want to get people in the seats and, um, you know, uh, just get yeah, bums in the seats. Like, it's such a huge difference. Like, recently I was at uh, BlizzCon for the World Cup. That entire arena was packed full of people. And, like, the atmosphere in there was awesome. Like, you compare that to what was happening here, it was just, like, so dead. Um, and... On top of that, the way the stadium was sort of, the arena was set up, it didn't, like, it felt like they designed this arena and then didn't sell the seats. And so, like, it was just set up really strangely. So you had these semicircles set up and you, the way you look, you think of it, like, 
um, so there, there's three teams in these circles. And so where I'm sitting from, I can't see this, the, the player screens of people sitting on like the left-hand side of these circles. But also, at the same time, nobody on the left-hand side could have seen that either because of where they were sitting. Like, if they had sold more seats, then the people that they, they would have pushed this, like the this, this seating further out on the sides, and then there would have been people that could have seen this stuff. But from where it was sitting, from what they had set up at that time being, like nobody could have seen that stuff. Um, so it's that's why it kind of felt like to me they initially thought they were going to sell more seats than what they did. And so they designed this, this arrangement for the, the players on the stage, and they just didn't sell the seats. And so they sectioned off all this side part and then you had nothing like nobody there to look at this stuff, um, mm. and so that's what I like. I was sitting there being like, I don't know who like what I can't see what that team is like from where I'm sitting. I just don't even know what team like half of those two teams are. I can't see what the other two teams are on this side. Like it's it you you kind of want an experience where you get the whole like being there. You want to be able to experience the whole thing, and that's not what I felt. I felt like I had a pole sitting in front of me. And I could like my view was obstructed, um, and so that was a bit strange. Like, it probably looks cool on camera at home when you're watching it, yeah. but being in the stadium, you're like, I can't see it. Like, you've got this cool stuff set up on this side, and you can't even see it. It's just really a strange setup um, for the way that they, you know, ended up putting it. And the other thing that I didn't like was they had um, so. Where we were sitting, they kind of had a bunch of screens up top. Uh, so they had a, a, the main broadcast feed, and then in between that, they would have the map, and then they'd have the main broadcast feed, and then the map, and then another broadcast feed. So they kind of had like three going at once, and then the two maps in the middle. And then um, and then behind that, there was another giant screen which had the broadcast feed on it again with a little like kill cam marker below that. And if you were down the bottom sitting on the lower sort of like five five to ten rows, you probably could have seen that screen behind the players really easily. But I was sitting probably about midway up. I couldn't see the main, like the giant screen they had because they were cut off by the other three screens or the other six screens they had, five screens right. they had above it, which were the ones you were supposed to watch, right? Right. On top of that, they had a flyby camera. Um, set up going across the entire seating. And so they they must have been doing flyback cameras of the event, like where the players were. And I guess I never saw the camera spin around for a crowd shot, but they were doing flybys of the, um, like the players, where everyone was sitting. And so you had this camera in front of the screens the entire time, sometimes moving backwards and forwards and other times just sitting there. Like I've got a, a picture that I took of this fucking camera on a, on a wire sitting in yeah. front of the map, just like <laughs> right in the middle. And other times it would just, it'd stop like in the middle of one of the screens and just sit there. But it's for... not going to show any of that shit during a game, right? What the fuck is the point of that? Right. And so it's sit- sitting there like for 10 minutes in front of like where people are trying to watch. <laughs> like That's great. they just like didn't think of stuff like this. Like people have come to watch. They've paid money to come to this event and watch. Yeah. And you're not giving them the experience they should. Instead, you're giving the people at home a better experience yeah. than what is happening here. So I didn't yeah, like that the fact weird. they had this this crowd shot camera going and obstructing the view of people that had paid money to be here. 
Um, the other thing is the uh, so the the cameras, sorry, the uh, the displays I talked about. One of them was the map, uh, and the map needs to be redesigned uh, for this particular um, for what they're trying to do. I think the like having a feed for the map is fantastic, and being able yeah. to bring that up at home is awesome to watch. I, I had an eye test recently. I've got perfect yeah. twenty twenty vision. I couldn't all tell right. you who the fuck was Weird on that flex. map. Oh, okay. Like from where I was sitting, I could all it was was just a bunch of text with colors, and I'm like, I can't see what teams are, like. As somebody that's eventually like, once it sort of zoomed in and like players sort of whittled out and whatnot, like eventually I was like, oh, I think that's that team. But for the most part, you've got like how many players are there in a game? Uh, like sixty. Uh, Sixteen teams times four. 64? Yeah. There's just icons all over the place and you can't see anything. It's just like blue team and a red team here and like, I couldn't tell. How would you change it? What would you do? So they kept flicking to a, a shot on the um, on the main feed every once in a while where it would show you like where teams were running, like their movement and their position. Yep. Like, oh, this is where they've been. And in that particular shot, they had really zoomed in text. The text yep. was really big. They needed to do that. <laughs> they needed to make the text bigger for the actual teams, because um, no. I could read them perfectly. Nah, because you can like even on on the like it, it would be too cluttered. You'd have yeah. to do something else. You'd have to get rid of the names, I think, because the names, the text was the names essentially. Right. That was that was the real problem. Yeah. Like you would have someone's name would go over the icon for someone else and would be and that those two would overlap and then you have fucking zero hope of right like so you think just which, big... which one of the like 18 lukes who were playing did you notice there were a lot of dudes called luke there was a couple yeah there were a fucking lot of dudes called luke anyway um, that's why they wouldn't let me play they had too many they filled their quota too many lukes too many lukes um yeah um yeah, like, you wouldn't be able to work out who the fuck was doing what, except based on what team, like, context clues, because they're in such and such team. They yeah. need to get rid of the names, in my opinion, and maybe even try to do something like spheres of in- influence or something. Like, have a... So you could see conflicts as, like, when it was going to come. You don't, like, have uh, Vendetta was purple and have, like, a, a circle around them like that was uh, opaque mm-hmm. uh, that would collide with another circle so that you could see when conflict was about to happen yeah. from that perspective. Yeah, so maybe get rid of the, the player names and just have like a, make the logo bigger and then yeah. have like the um, the abbreviation underneath the, the actual logo so that I can see. Because yeah. having a logo doesn't really work. From, I'm thinking about spectating. Like if I look at a logo, I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. Um, yeah. For, from yeah. a casual person at home. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so having 100%. like the little name or like the, the country letter, flag or something like that. Three letter code, I think, is, is yeah. good enough. Or yeah, you could have the three letter code and a country flag if you really, really wanted. But um, yeah, like that's the, yeah, that's that's what they should have done. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. But as somebody who's watched a bunch of PUBG and knows these teams and like trying to be like, I don't even, I can't read that. It's too small. Yeah. The text is, and I wasn't even up the back. I was like somewhere just past the well, middle. Even with the map screen up on, like, on my computer, yeah, I still couldn't fucking read it half the time. Like, and I haven't had an eye test recently, but I know I've got twenty twenty vision. So, yeah, uh, yeah like, 
I mean, the only information uh, you're getting out of that stage is that there's someone around that area or there is a team. Right. If there's yeah, two teams it's, it's that are the same that. colors, it makes it even harder. And there were times when, like, there were a couple of times when I would look at the map screen real quick and I would see the lines projecting gunfire. Sure. And I'd be like, who the fuck are they shooting at? Are they just shooting for fun? And then it wouldn't be until you look, looked really close mm. and you could see there was another color underneath like the names and you'd be like yep. oh there's a second there's a, there, there's two teams on top of each other there right they're actually fighting each other and i can't make it out because of the way this fucking like thing's set up like mm. that's crazy yeah all right um and going back to sort of like the setup uh i talked about how they had this semicircle and there were screens in front of each player um oh, yeah. and they had players camera faces in front of them and then yeah. when the player was eliminated, they their their camera face would disappear and it'd go to like a a green crate or something like that. Um, but again, at that stage, you didn't know where teams were sitting. Like when you're in the stadium, there was no indication of like, oh, this is where Phase is sitting. Or like if I walked into, um, you know, after a couple of rounds, I eventually was like, oh, I know where Phase is sitting because I've I've seen them go sit down and whatever. But like there's no text or there's no indication like oh this is this team or you know for one stage I was like I'm look I was looking for Lazarus at one stage being like I don't know where they're sitting like I can't see yeah. they must be one of the teams that are on the side that I can't see because I couldn't I couldn't work it out right. so I think they need to put like some sort of team name underneath where at, the players are sitting at PUBG Fight or Flight yeah. here in Sydney it was very easy to work out where everyone was sitting because they yeah. had a giant fucking name underneath them. Uh, so it was extremely easy to work that shit out. Yeah. They, they had a name before why. the match started, but once right, the map, like... Yeah, that's crazy. Like... They were switching to the, the player face. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. When, when they brought the players out from their five-minute break, they'd be like, this is where they're sitting. Maybe because the players yeah. were even confused. Um, <laughs> but yeah, once the game started, it's just a bunch of faces and you didn't know you didn't know what teams had been knocked out or so weird. or whatever so just from a purely spectator standpoint i think it was yeah. poorly run yeah, um every once in a while they had like a, a live live spectator yeah from a live they, they need to yeah. definitely do something like you compare that to what like the atmosphere in the invitational that i've been to for rainbow six siege is like off the chart like they do the the fucking hunger games cannons with people die like there's yeah. just none of that here. The, the screen sort of changes to be like eliminated, but you don't get a sense that people have like, oh, a team's gone. Um, Maybe you do like, I think you'd have to look at like cricket or baseball, right? Those would be more, have more, I think, uh, from a live spectator experience in common with PUBG than, than basketball, right? Ba- mm-hmm. Basketball and Rainbow or basketball and Counter-Strike. That that makes sense, uh, but I think you'd have to look at yes yeah, something that has uh, less pace with moments of high octane energy. That's what I think you'd have to look at for PUBG. Yeah, they do good things with like oh something happened elsewhere and they'll go and replay it because an observer yep. was watching somewhere else. But that's, that's not live. That's yeah. not live spectating. You know, like right. if I'm talking specifically about improving the live. Uh, spectating experience like literally know. shooting plays off in, in a cannon when they lose finally fine <laughs> that's what they get that's what you get for losing uh yeah 
Like, yeah. I don't know, you got to find something. they they got to find some way to make it a live spectator experience because otherwise it's just going to be... Like, I think it was a very successful... Like, it was a very successful event. There's no question, in my opinion, that it was a successful event. Uh, like, just from a pure marketing standpoint alone, uh, I looked it up uh, the day after and uh it had overtaken it was number one on steam again it was back okay. at the number one position on steam yeah because people uh, were excited about it yeah right like so from that perspective it's definitely been uh huge and you know they're back at like back with high numbers again like they're still in third yeah uh, holding holding on steady to third and counter-strike like, and dota one and two yeah between the the usual suspects but they overtook them uh on on the sunday like sure yeah i think from that perspective definitely successful but uh yeah it sounds like from a live event perspective not so great yeah they need to work on that like they had a a Mm. parachute drop like a little like diorama thing that would sort of come out from the ceiling and then like drop a bunch of smoke and then disappear back in the rafters after uh some of the matches but otherwise like uh yeah there's not like much going on there at, at all it's just kind of the the pace of the actual games are really good like the downtime in between they've nailed yeah. that like it's about yeah. five minutes so game yeah. finishes player interview play a desk analysis players come back out and that's like five six minutes like really short it, it feels like yep. they were the momentum was really quick like i, I think it started at 5 30 on the 5 30 p.m that night and it finished at like 10 30 yeah right like really quick so they, they've nailed that pace um yeah in saying that there still needs to be more in there like i want to know why i'm getting excited about PUBG next year there was no like here's what's coming the roadmap the next year or yeah, yeah, like here's uh here's the interviews with the developers or like there's yep. none of that. It was purely we're here to play video games. And so you leave that event being like, Oh, but I wanna get like, you know, the people that were you're talking about who are who are jumping back into PUBG, like they they wanna know like what's going on next year and like what is happening with this game. And they don't really advertise any of that, so I think that was a big missed opportunity as well. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, really fun event. Uh, obviously, the the very final match of the tournament was awesome. It came down yeah. to basically like three teams um, leading up to the, like the last two games. It was a really close race between uh, Gen G, Phase Four AM, and then like fourth, fifth, and sixth, seventh, eighth. <laughs> <laughs> like really close to getting up there um like navi yeah. at one stage um uh sorry not navi it was one of the other chinese teams i think like ended up with like a first place um and then like a third the game before and so that were like jumping up and then navi was doing really well and so like you saw all these teams that were really sort of out of the top three but it's all of a sudden really um in the last couple of rounds pushed it and started causing some trouble up there but yeah that that last basically um two rounds were were neck and neck between the top three it was kind of anybody's game and um it came down to a really good match i think 
between second and third, it was like two points. It was yeah. super close. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was awesome. Phase uh, Clan did like were fucking highlight machines. There's a reason why they're they're one of the most popular teams in the world. Uh, they managed to like sneak their way into the fucking uh, finals. The, the entire yeah. on the on the back of like a spectacular fucking semi-finals performance in the very last match um and yeah they wound up coming fucking second uh they didn't earn the second most amount of money but uh Mm. yeah no it's uh it was like as tournaments go uh it was something something spectacular for spectators because you didn't know who was going to win and you literally didn't know until (laughs) like the last two minutes yeah and like phase were so close if if uh if they would have won last up it would have been well whoever was last up like the last person alive on phase they managed to get the best fucking flank on gen g like a perfect flank and they had them fucking dead right so they just couldn't get that last kill if they'd gotten that last kill i think they would have won it all like it was that fucking close um, they were seriously one kill away from. Yeah, it was extremely close. The, the ultimate chicky D. It was fucking rad. Yeah, it was a cool. It was a really cool event. Uh, from that perspective, I think four AM with a team. Were they coming first? The map before, and then they got knocked out. Um, yeah. in last place in the last round, and then dropped like Phase and Genji ended up switching positions, and yeah, it, it was really cool to watch that sort of stuff um yeah kick off uh so yeah you kind of mentioned that the 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 prize pool in uh in in this tournament uh i got some sort of issues with the way it sort of unfolded so first price uh they used a um like a, a a player sort of driven prize pool sort of the same way that dota does theirs where people can purchase in-game items and then it contributes to the overall prize pool um and so it started off at i think two million dollars and it went up to i think six they said at one stage it was around about six million was it four million four i think yeah maybe six was the conversion um all right so first place was gen g they ended up getting two million second place was phase at six hundred thousand and then third place was uh four a.m at 300,000 in terms of their like what they got for 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 playing. Um but then like PUBG esports was started like posting Twitter messages online and that's when I got really confused. They had first place as Gen G mm. with uh 2.1 million <laughs> and then uh second place they had like or they they just completely switched it out, and so now four AM was in a prize pool of uh, one point four, and then phase was like seven hundred thousand. And I, I was I thought that when I got home, I was like, oh, did they get like docked points or something? Yeah. <laughs> did I miss something during the ruling? Did they screw something up and they've all of a sudden switched places? But no, it turned out it was because of yeah, the end game items that people were buying contributed yeah. to stuff that. Uh, they were able to add to the prize pool. So they got extra 
I think it was like 25% of the earnings went to the actual teams as well. Yeah. Um, and so 4AM got like a like $1.1 million out of the in-game items. And uh, yeah. Genji got uh, like two or 300000 and then FaZe Clan got 100000 Um Yeah, I've got an issue with the way that this was done. I, I don't like... Uh, it, I don't like the way it's being distributed at all. Um, I think there's a problem here. Like, it really causes an issue with teams that are um, like big teams in particular. There's like a Chinese team that ended up jumping up like 1.1 million dollars, um, and like you start ended up you start ending up with this massive divide between lower populated regions like Australia or like anywhere else in the world where all of a sudden you've got this money that's being invested into these larger region teams in there. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're coming into this issue where like the, you're driving away competition basically. Um, like you don't, don't see, I don't know. Well, <laughs> like only cause 25% went into the prize pool, right? Yeah. And then another 25% went to the voting situation. Sure. But why couldn't have this been evenly split between, or, or more split in between like the other teams as opposed to going directly to the team? It'd be like uh, like basketball sales, right? Or, or basketball jersey sales and giving that money directly to the team as opposed to splitting it, which is what they do to all the other teams so it's a fair, like they can you know that money can go into paying for facilities or into um you know recruiting other players and whatnot what they're doing here is basically just giving a a shitload of money to one specific team and it's just pumping that team up all the time but like okay so let's say let's say people watch the basketball because of the balls sure right shouldn't they get half of all their jersey sales direct to them? I think they should get a they're percentage the pop, of They're it. the team. They're the reason people are like watching basketball at all, right? So shouldn't they get, you know, a big chunk of that revenue? Don't they deserve that by being the fucking popular team that people want to watch? I think they should get a percentage of it, yeah, but not... But that's that's all they got. I think it needs to be a smaller percentage and then more of it goes to the other teams. Why? To, like... uh, Let's look at... um, I don't have the stats up at the moment, but... Let's say... uh, Let's look look at some of the the teams that didn't do very well. All right? In the issue... G2 Esports got $8,000. G2 Esports. Yeah. 25th Atletico, $12,000. Uh, Vendetta, $16,000. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. All right. Let's go with $16,000 for coming or 20,000 for coming, uh, 20th ghost gaming, right? They're, they're, they're a name that's known. Uh, there's four players in the team. Um, coach manager on top of that, you've got the, the actual, um, organization takes a cut that's being split like eight ways. Like the people that played in this event are making maybe what $2,000, $3,000 and then tax <laughs> on top of that. This, this is for like a, a seasonal event so that, that is supposed to be a big deal. Maybe they shouldn't have come 20th. 
Right, but like, if they're trying look, to make I this... Get you, I, get what you've, I get what you're saying from the perspective of they should... Like, esports players should earn a fuck ton more. I don't disagree with that on any level, right? All I disagree with is the idea that 4 angry 4, 4am, 4 angry men, shouldn't earn a big chunk of of their money based on the fact that they drew a fuck ton of eyeballs. Right? Because at some point they're the reason that like the their the success of PUBG hinges on people watching them. Right? Like if people want to watch 4am, then they want to watch PUBG. So PUBG, you know, the reason that they got to 4 million at all, the reason they doubled their initial prize pool is because people wanted to watch 4am to some extent, to an overwhelming extent. So yeah. one, oh, I mean, that's because the, worth. Uh, the, the, the actual crowd there was, I would say, like 70% uh, 4am, like, heavily focused on the Chinese teams. Um, and that's just because there's a massive population as well over there. Right. But, like, I guess what I'm saying is then why shouldn't they get a bulk, the bulk of the money? Like, I think that PUBG should have put more money up. Yeah, I think that's the problem is that it need, more money needs to... Uh, like, they should have at least got a, a cut of it, but I think the cut was... I just don't think the cut should come from the Pick'em Challenge situation, is what I'm saying. Hmm. You know, like, I think it should come from PUBG Corp. You know? Yeah. Like, do... I think if, if we were to do it, if we were to find a happy middle ground between both what you want and what I want, then, uh, then 75% of PGC item revenue would go into the prize pool... So it would have been five million. Yeah, fifty uh, percent of that would go. Fifty um, percent of the extra uh, would go into sorry into the prize pool. Yeah. Um, so you would still have. So then it would be five million, which would mean that everyone would earn more money. They still wouldn't have earned all that much. This. 30 fucking 32 fucking teams and then the other 25% would go into the Pick'em Challenge and PUBG would take a smaller cut of the total item revenue that's what I think would be fairer because I don't think PUBG Corp needs to make uh, you know what would, what, what would they have made I guess they would have made 2 million dollars out of skin sales yeah right I think $1 million out of skin sales is still a really fucking good haul for what they put together, you know? And maybe, maybe even better, it could be 25% goes to the PGC prize pool, as it did. Uh, 25% goes to the uh, Pick'em Challenge votes. Mm -hmm. So 4AM still walks away with their 1.1 or whatever million dollars. And then 25% goes to pumping up the fucking rest of the fucking world yeah and that that's my it's, issue is that i think that the the cut that they're getting is too high compared to like what PUBG Corp atletico, is taking atletico won uh is that in let me just check if that's that's in usd shit atletico won four times just by getting to 
the PGC, Atletico won four times what they won out of the AUNZ Championship. Hmm. And they came 25th. Yeah, they got $12,000. Seventh last. Yeah, they US. 12000 USD, uh, which is, yeah, four times what they earned at the ESL ANZ, AUNZ Championships. Uh, and Vendetta did the same. They got 16 k uh, and they won four four thousand AUD or two like four thousand USD rather for winning the AUNZ championship. The incentive to play in Australia and New Zealand is dramatically smaller than it is to play basically anywhere else in the world. Like you earn sweet fuck all for playing in Australia. Yeah, what, what would? 4am have earned for winning the Chinese qualifier if they even did uh, they earned $98,000 yeah for getting there yeah like before they even got there yeah before they even arrived they'd earned 100000 USD uh, that is what like fucking that's yeah like fucking 20 times what Vendetta earned to get to the same place. See, now that's a disparity that I have a problem with. That right. is a fucking... That's something they can fucking solve. But, but the other thing I haven't mentioned is that that you've got these teams in these regions that are being able to earn money off this stuff. On the other hand, you've got... It's not like the Austra- like an Australian team can go play over in China because of the rule set they've got of being like, you need to play in your own specific region as well. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Like that, that's fucked. Uh, it's a it's a fucked situation, um, and it leads to situations where Australian Australians and South American players are directly disincentivized from playing PUBG in a competitive way. Mm-hmm. Like what? What do they have to gain out of that? And why would we be surprised? when they wind up not doing as well as we might have hoped. Yeah. You know, like what the fuck else are they supposed to do at some point? Uh, they, they can't, they're, they're making sweet fuck all. Yeah. So yeah, I think the, the, I think the 50, 50% should have went to, uh, sorry, I think 25% should have went to, um, 4am. Another 25% gets split up amongst the other teams. And then, uh, uh, it goes into a, maybe a prize pool as well, and then PUBG Corp can have twenty five percent. Like they're they're basically taking fifty percent of the cut from that at the moment, and we don't know what they're doing with it. Yeah, which is why I don't like it. Um, That's that. Setup. Yeah, see that. I agree. I agree with you on that. I just don't think. Yeah, I think if the Pick'em Challenge incentivizes people to spend more on skins. And if they were doing that because they love 4am, then 4am deserves like a bigger slice of the pie, right? I think it's not on 4am. It's not 4am's fault. No, it's and not their fault. They shouldn't be punished, and they sh- but they shouldn't be punished as a result, right? Like they shouldn't be punished. They did their job. They got people watching. They got people buying skins, so they deserve to get some cash, right? It's not on them to like to be. Yeah, disincentivize or they shouldn't disincentivize their their fans uh, 
to like prop up PUBG's fairly poor management of the scene. Yeah, you know, like if yeah. you say you you give that one million, you split it up, and we're not doing the whole thirty-two. We're just doing the sixteen teams. That's uh, sixty-two thousand dollars that you could have injected into the other the other teams the, the top 16 right. teams so technically would have been pretty close for the top 16 teams to get 100k each yeah that would have been good and then all of a sudden you've got some like economy going and you've got incentives for people to do this sort of stuff and um, you know you, you're getting um, the bigger problem the bigger smaller problem regions is the incentive of, of like smaller regions to like we, we know that crime exists in esports we know that people are throwing matches i'm not accusing anyone of throwing matches i may have said it loudly during some of the uh some of the games uh i may have been crying uh throw a little bit in the esports channel but i was being facetious uh i'm not saying that anyone is doing this Who's but right? we like if people if like like if we are talking about the sorts of if we're talking about fucking two million dollar prize pools yeah versus eight thousand dollars right if you're pretty convinced that you're not going to do that well uh that you won't make the top 16 or something right top 16 uh like bottom 16 the most you can make is twenty thousand dollars right so if you can be directly incentivized to not make if you if if someone says I'll give you $25,000. To throw a game, yeah. To like to not make the finals. And that's not a whole team, that's one person that's maybe earning $2,000, $3,000. Right? Like, that is a problem. That is a problem. When we start talking about amounts of, like, in the millions, there is a significant issue at play. Uh, and, and there are, yeah situations where teams will be tempted if australian cricket players can be incentivized to or like cricket players around the world can be incentivized just because they wind up making a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year playing cricket uh and these guys are making fucking way less Hmm. uh i think it is hyper naive to think that it's not going to start becoming an issue at some point uh and yeah, the best way to get around that is to pay them enough so that it's not an option. It's not something that, like, not a consideration. Yeah. Yep. Like, you can't, you can't just bank on the competitive integrity of everyone playing when we start talking about large sums of cash going to fucking teenagers. That's the problem, in my opinion. Yep. And yeah, we're going to start seeing that shit. We're going to start seeing it more and more. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, other than that, like uh, the gameplay stuff was good. So I like what was going on in the games, just bits around it. I'm like, it could be done better. Um, So yeah, we should find out, I guess, soon what's going on with the next season as well. um, What their plans are. Hopefully they kind of shake up the meta a bit. Um, The one thing that I spoke to one of the Australian players about was the the utility in the game, how much utility you can grab. Um, there, there was some stats released today that I saw that uh, like the highest 
amount of grenades thrown by one player was like 29 across by Jeez, uh, across one player one player yeah uh, that's, that's across 12, 12 matches 29 grenades right so yeah I think utility personally watching it I'm like utility needs to be changed there's too many grenades going off in that game there yeah, yeah. Um, and I spoke to the Australian player the last Australian player who was playing in the competition Luke 12 and yep. he said he sort of agreed and said yeah they he'd like to see something done with with grenades like uh, I think his words were put a hard limit on the amount you can carry <laughs> Which I think would yep. be a good idea. I think two grenades. Yeah. Go back to focusing this game on being a shooter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because like grenades aren't a satisfying death. Like there is, it's a satisfying kill, one hundred percent. Right. I won't take that away from it at all. Getting the like Kobeing a grenade through a fucking window and nailing that shit. That's fucking awesome, right? And it is a skill shot, 100%, but it's not a satisfying way to die hmm. because it feels like death, like something, a death you can't do much about, yeah. right? Like, it just, it's it's a surprise death. You can't outshoot a grenade. You can outposition to some extent, but there are always situations where you are sort of just fucked, right? Like, you just going to eat grenades and die and that sucks that's a sucky way to die uh that they can do something about 100 percent by limiting the amount of grenades and we might see some of the uh the more unlikely grenades show up would it be a hard limit of two total grenades or two grenades per type it'd have to be per type right? i think per type is fine um yeah maybe even do like a two two grenades normal two flashbangs maybe three smart grenades something like that uh, I think smoke grenades are okay because they're. I think they're fine. They're like they're, they're like kind of, kind of. They're not doing any harm to people. <laughs> yeah. Like they're a good way of maneuvering around an area that you're really stuck at. Um, yeah. But just the amount of times you just see grenades being lobbed, like four four guys just throwing like three grenades each, at like yep. a rock. <laughs> that's yep. just not. That's not fun. Yep. Um. So yeah, I'd like to see that be changed. It would be a good change. But yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll find out at some stage what their plans are for next year. Um, mm-hmm. Luke Twelve did say that they're looking at sort of the smaller regions, like they've got plans for them, but we weren't told what those plans were. So I right. don't know what's happening in places like uh, here or, or Latin America, or um, I think Japan is the other smaller region. Oh, yeah. and, and like you sure. compare that to um, Rainbow Six Siege, right? Australia right. and Japan are two of the biggest regions in the competition because they're yeah. given the opportunity and they can do w- yep. awesome things when given that, um, you know, the ability to do so. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, that was the PUBG Global Championships 2019. Nice. Let's, let's keep going. We've got, we're, One more game. We're starting to go on for a bit here. Yeah, Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. We play this again. Uh, we had a bit of a Sea of Thieves day last Friday, uh, and it was awesome. Uh, they've made a, they've released recently done a, a new update, added fire as a mechanic into the game. Yep. Uh, hyper entertaining. Um, added a new uh, like tall tale, which is that lengthy uh, mission quest, um, and yeah. Um, I really fucking enjoyed it. I think fire, fire makes 
things very interesting. Extremely interesting. Uh, extremely tricky. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, just having a fucking red barrel on board uh, is suddenly... Well, we we both fucking died to a red barrel, uh, right? Like, uh, a red barrel. Because I think something caught fire, like, below deck. Is that what happened, or do we get struck by lightning? I couldn't tell. I, th I think we were, at one stage, we were getting struck by lightning, which the barrel was on top of the, the crow's nest, and then you went and got it, moved it downstairs, yeah. and then we got attacked by a ship, and either yeah. somebody on board blew it up, or a cannonball hit it. Yeah, okay. I thought it was I thought it might have been fire. Did we get attacked by no, we got attacked by Oh, ghost ship, right? It was a ghost ship and a Meg at the same time. We got ghost ship and Megged at exactly the same time. Because we were trying to fight that we went to the fucking spiral lights. That's when this happened. Right. Went to the spiral lights. Uh and yeah, somehow so it was you and me and Gerald and um and somehow It was me and you. Yeah, it was, yeah, and Gerald was present. Um, no, somehow Gerald was the only one who didn't die. And uh, he was like, yep, the ship's sunk. It's sunk. And so, like, but we both spawned back on the fucking ship. We're like, no, it's not sunk! Fucking bail! We're fucking bailing out as fast as we can. We're trying to get this shit going. And then it sunk. Uh, keep this ship going, and then it sunk. Yeah. Uh, I think he might have he might have thought it had sunk before it had actually sunk. He gave up. So that was, uh, he definitely gave up. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's, it's awesome. I do, I, I've seen some people complain about you can't really solo sleep anymore because fire is basically the end of your solo sleep adventure. Like you have, you've got no fucking hope of dealing with a fire and a leak at the same time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of made that extremely tough and I can definitely see, uh, that how that would be a problem I don't and I don't even know how you deal with it but uh when you've got like a three-person crew it's it just makes things a bit more hairy uh there's a bit more to fucking take into account and yeah you just like fucking do your best to try to keep those plates spinning yeah uh which is the pinnacle of sea of thieves gameplay but that was always um, my biggest problem with sea of thieves is the the i i don't feel like the solo sloops should have been, or even the one to twos should be matched up with the three to fours players right. I, I think they yep. should be separated because i've never i i like playing sea of thieves my, by myself yeah but i never can because i always get destroyed by you know i can't leave my boat on an island and go do treasure chest stuff like go digging up treasures because if i come back and somebody sunk my boat like there's nothing i can do about it i just i'm yeah. outmanned yeah every time sort of just yeah you are you're literally outmanned yeah and it's not yeah there's not much you can you can't really forge your own destiny right yeah. like but if i come up across against another sloop that's got one or two players and i've maybe got a chance like if i kill them both yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, so we did another mission in our, uh, we, we're just, we're I think we're up to seven the, or eight, eight, we're up to eight. We've only got two more. Um, and I, I still really enjoy the puzzle solving of that, uh, that mission. It was fucking tough to work out how the fuck this one worked. Uh, but once we worked it out, yeah, uh, it all sort of made sense. Yeah. Uh, it was very confusing, but yeah, it made sense eventually. Uh, and then, um, 
yeah, we we turned it in. Uh, this one we had to start by dying, uh, and we got this the mission off the ghost ship. Yeah, which was uh, I thought pretty cool. Um, and then we got our lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got our lights. We had uh, you had red light, and I had the blue light, and so uh, we we were the police. We were the police ship. We were roaming around the high seas flashing our lights and being the fucking police uh <laughs> telling people to pull over in their boat telling people <laughs> pull over and uh drop what they had and all that kind of stuff uh we were if we're if there were any cop on television that we were inspired by i would say it was the shield vic Mackey from the shield i'd say because we were corrupt as fuck uh and we definitely <laughs> robbed some cunts uh <laughs> we certainly did we were part. We just parked at a fucking. We parked at an island, and uh, we just turned in, and uh, we saw this ship out on the fucking out on the water, and they were sort of close to like we. So we got to the spiral lights, uh, so there were just like lights spiraling in the in the sky. So we sailed over to it, and it was basically just a shit fight the entire time every time we went there a meg spawned and like ghost ships showed up and we're just getting fucking we're getting ripped uh but it had this fucking chest on it and when you picked up the chest like it basically marked you and marked your ship and people could see on the map where the chest was Hmm. and so they could they could basically follow you and hunt you down and kill you uh and so we're we're we were a bit stressed about getting this chest turned in, but we got a bunch of other shit out of this fucking spiral lights, and we turned in fine. And then we turned like went back to the boat, and there, yeah, out on the out on the water, there was there was this galleon that had been fighting a skeleton ship for I don't know fucking forty minutes, and uh, when they killed the skeleton ship, like. It came up with like this, uh, the battle, the battle of the Sea of Thieves has been won. Hmm. And so it turned out there was like a, there was the ghost ship cloud event where you fight wave after wave of ghost ships and they'd basically done it and they killed the ghost ship and, uh, and we were sailing towards them. We were like, well, fuck it. Let's go see what they got. We might be able to get some stuff, right? Like, yeah. uh, have a cheeky peek. We sail over, and while we're sailing there, their ship starts sinking. <laughs> like it just sinks out of nowhere. We're still easily we're like, minutes they're away. On the, yeah, they're they're on the edge of our visual range, and we're like, uh, it's like five they just sink. Away. <laughs> yeah. um, so free stuff, I guess, because we knew that they must have had something because they just finished the event, right? Uh, we didn't know how they'd sunk or why or anything like that. Anyway, we're sailing over. A ghost ship shows up on us again. Uh, a random ghost ship and a Meg. A Meg starts chasing <laughs> after us. Yeah, At and Gerald's like hooking him with his yeah, and yeah. We we relegated Gerald. Gerald was only allowed to use the fucking harpoon because he was shit at everything else. And then as soon as he was allowed to use the harpoon, he was extremely good at the harpoon, although I'm pretty sure they've made the harpoon easier to use. Yeah. Um, as soon as we gave him the green light to harpoon things, he harpooned fucking everything. He harpooned us into some rocks at one point because he was just seeing what would happen. 
And yeah, he harpoons this fucking giant shark. We're trying to not aggro the shark, and he harpoons it, which obviously aggravated it. Hmm. And uh, yes, yeah, so suddenly we're in the fucking we're in the fight with the fucking shark. He tried to harpoon the fucking skeleton ship, and we get over to where the ship sunk. And <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> there's like a fuck ton of loot in the water, like a shit ton of loot in the water. But also, there's a dude with a, in a rowboat rowing his fucking ass off away from us, and in his rowboat. It's piled high. It's got the most fucking treasure I've ever seen in a rowboat in my entire life. It is stacked on stacked on stacked on stacked. It's just fucking <laughs> treasure city in this fucking rowboat. There's like treasure all like there's fucking four billion tons of treasure over behind our ship. And then in front of our ship is four billion tons of treasure on this fucking rowboat. Yeah. And this dude is just fucking banging <laughs> He's it just away. Power rowing. And we're like we flashing our fucking him. lights. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't. We would not have seen him at all. But we were running around. I was like, we were basically running up to try and get Gerald to stop fucking harpooning shit, uh, and or to at least harpoon the treasure. And then the fucking Meg stopped aggroing us and ate his fucking ship, and it killed him. And so we just dropped the anchor. We we dropped the anchor. We got all this treasure. It's like basically <laughs> ours. But also, like, there's like a pirate ship here, and there's a Meg, and we've just yeah. dropped the anchor. <laughs> We're just like, fuck this, let's see what we can do. And so, yeah, we got one person, like, frantically fucking hammering boards, and, like, someone, like, one of the others is, is getting fucking treasure, like, sorry, the other two are getting treasure on as fast as we can. We're like, I think it was you, because I was, I was fixing the ship, and you guys are out. I was I was harpooning treasure at the front, and Gerald was swimming over to treasure at the back, and we're just fucking, like, getting all this treasure and uh yeah meanwhile like a skeleton ship is like sailing around us and like shooting us periodically and the meg is i don't know like i don't know where didn't it really attack us all yeah. that much yeah we got away with some shit uh i think once it killed the fucking rowboat it was like eh, i'm good i'm out ah, i killed someone <laughs> uh that's enough for me and yeah off it went but yeah we're just fucking getting all this treasure we get all the treasure on the fucking on the boat we didn't know because oh, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm oh, like, yeah, we're running yeah, out like, of planks. We need to go. <laughs> we're out of planks. We gotta go. And we're like, oh, fucking, we got fucking tons. We had goofy amounts of treasure, like fuck tons of treasure. So we're like, yeah, okay, cool. So we sail off, and uh, the skeleton ship is still harassing the fuck out of us. We, I don't know how we didn't sink this thing because we nailed it so fucking sweet so many times on our way out and then we managed to ram it into some rocks like basically i just drove it into these rocks while mm. we, and it it just crashed into the rocks but it didn't matter uh i think i had like the last our last five planks of wood yeah so i had to go onto like plank duty and we and you were you were driving we were trying to find where we we're going next our next location so yeah. we sailed off uh towards we're just trying to turn in because as soon as we managed to shake the skeleton ship we, we hit it with a, the, ca- a curse cannon that's what it we was. dropped yeah, its we anchor hit it with, we dropped the anchor on it and uh that gave us enough separation but as soon as we managed to do that the galleon showed up we on know, our tail yeah like we noticed those another ship chases and it's if we could tell because they had these fancy fucking sails and like yeah, pirate it was one hundred percent the guys we'd yeah they were they were tippy top 
super pirates. And, uh, yeah, they were chasing us. They were hard chasing us. And, uh, yeah, we didn't give a fuck. We didn't give a shit. We just went uh, on the mad turn in. Um, our plan was to sort of circle the island and we would drop stuff off and sell, like, the most expensive stuff. But then I noticed that uh, they weren't turning around the island all that well. So I just shot the anchor. And I'm like, we'll just take as much as we can. Fuck it. Like, it doesn't matter what we can or can't get. We'll just sell whatever we can and see what we get away with. Uh, and they attacked us. <laughs> and it was one of the most woeful attacks I've ever experienced in my life. We ripped them to shreds. And I was I was being toxic as fuck on the mic. I was, like, giving them so much shit. Because uh, why wouldn't you? And... Uh, yeah, we just, we had, like, it was free. To the point where they scuttled their ship again and gave up. Yeah. We, we fucked them so hard that they literally just gave up. We were transferring all these treasure while killing them. And then going yeah. back to the boat and doing it again. And every time they came like, over, we'd just kill them. So we would, like, we would take our treasure across the island. It wasn't that, like, I didn't park us in the best position. Uh, it was a bit of a hike. But we would go out, we'd come back, uh, and, and like, they'd be on the boat. And I think they were trying to sink us. Is that what they were trying to... I couldn't I work know. it out. We'd murder them. <laughs> we'd grab more treasure, go back over to the island. I, I found one of them on the island one time, so I dropped my chest and fucking murdered him. Picked up the chest, turned it in, went back, reloaded. Easy peasy. Uh, at one point, I did have to... Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to encounter him back on the boat. So I went to the gunsmith and switched my guns. Mm. I couldn't find the reload chest. But if I switch my guns, I get full ammo anyway. So I just did that. And uh, away I go. Back to the... And then I murdered him on the fucking boat again. And you murdered him on the fucking boat again. Gerald did stuff. Um, <laughs> he was hooking fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we made, we, we got them good enough that they quit. Uh, and they did sink our boat, right? They did manage to sink our they boat. They did sink the boat, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but we still murdered them enough that they scuttled and quit the game. Because uh, there was no treasure left once they sunk the boat. No, there was. There was still treasure. Um, there was, a, like, quite a bit of treasure, because me and Gerald had to swim out because oh, you died, it. right? And you were bringing the boat back. Yeah. Uh, me and Gerald had to swim out, and it was like a fucking ways away, and uh, bring it back in. And we were like doing that and still killing them as well <laughs> until they quit. <laughs> right. um, yeah. That was amazing. And uh, then we broke for lunch, and it was highly worth it. Yeah. It was world class. It was a great effort. Yeah. A lot of fun. Good fun. Still keen to finish that fucking quest line off. Yeah, for sure. There's a, yep. there's a bunch we still need to get in there and do. Um, all right. I think that's it. Yep. Yep. Should we do some... Let's get some news out of the way. <clears throat> um, we talked about it briefly, but a new Dota 2 patch dropped, which is the big patch they put out after the, um, the International. Uh, this is like the big like meta change they'll do for quite a uh quite a while and it's got some changes in there 
Um, two of the big ones are New Heroes, uh, Snapfire, and who's the other? Void Spirit, um, yep. which are also the two new characters that went into Dota Underlords. Uh, on top of that, they made some massive, massive changes to the actual gameplay. Um, every player now gets a, their own courier. I don't know how that works. Um, Neither do I. And while it's alive, you get extra gold per minute. So they've rebalanced like the gold per minute now. So everybody gets their own courier. Um, couriers can use uh, certain items as well now. So um, that's that's a big change. Um, uh, observe awards are now free. So you don't support, don't have to buy them anymore. That you just basically buy them as you go and they'll run out of stock eventually. Everybody starts with three TP scrolls, which encourages more fights and also enables you to get back into your lane quicker if you die, which is an interesting change. Um, right. Uh, map, sort of the map has been redesigned a little bit. Some of the areas have been changed. Side shops have been removed. Um, and they've put in these new towers into the map called Outposts, and they grant you extra XP, which I don't know how that works yet. <laughs> I haven't played any of this stuff. I just watch it. No. Um, yep. So that that's a really interesting change. The biggest one is they've added 62 new items in the game, which is bonkers. Um, and these are dropped from neutral creeps. Neutral creeps, yeah. Which is insane. Um, they've basically put fucking Dota Underlords into Dota. Um, and so there's, yeah. there's different tiers of items, five tiers, and each sort of like five um sorry every sort of like 10 minutes the tier it goes up yeah it escalates and then like a different tier of item can drop and i think it's 10 percent um per per uh per unit you kill and it's like a pseudo random chance they've got that in there as well and so you won't be able to sell the items but you can swap them to other character heroes on your team um yeah and so you'll be able to kill these neutral creeps and get extra items out of them um, from what I understand, the items are not overpowerful for the time that they're dropped in. So, like, they're good items to have, but yeah. if you're playing proper Dota and doing well, then they're not going to be as good as the items you've got. They're sort of, like, complementary items that you'll be able to maybe even give to, like, a support character or something like that who is yeah, right. um, doing that. So, I don't know. It's a super interesting change um, that adds a ton of RNG into the game. Um, but at the same yeah. time, it's like ma- being able to manage that RNG um, will be interesting. So I don't know how it's going to affect the the. It seems like meta. a lot of complexity to me. Yeah, like it's adding a lot of fucking complexity. Yeah, it seems extremely tricky. <laughs> There's a lot. There's I tons. I don't know how that how it works as a viewing experience either. Hmm. Like I don't know. There's yeah. It's it's a significant. The whole patch as a whole is a fucking massive change maybe too much i think yeah. i don't know yeah, um because it's the you know adding 62 new items is like learning 62 new items and being like what does that actually yeah. do <clears throat> if the commentators are on point and being able to describe that sort of stuff then that's cool yeah <coughs> sorry um but it, but yeah as a casual viewer being like oh what does a dragon scale do i don't know <laughs> it's an item so yeah it's going to be interesting to sort of see how this fits into the meta um and maybe they just end up scrapping it at some stage who knows um valve valve are pretty good at changing that sort of stuff and really throwing the uh the meta into a spin but it's definitely sounds like it's going to do that um they've also 
rejigged a bunch of the original items, removed certain things, reworked them, and then on top of that, your general like we're gonna go through and change yeah, every single hero and, yeah. and uh, you know rejig how they work, and some of them have been nerfed or buffed slightly, others have been like completely different spells and uh, and talent trees and things like that, just your new normal stuff. And the the best part about this is is like a um, the season is literally about to kick off, so like <laughs> all the pros are just gonna be like trying new stuff, and it's gonna be really cool to watch them getting yep. there and just really fucking break this game. Yep. It's going to be good. Yep. Um, nice. But that's uh, like... On that on that note, yeah. did you see OG announced their new plan? They're going to come back in the last two months and just win again? Uh, no, they're going to do... What is it? Uh, what are they calling? OG... So, uh, until the... Until the third major, I believe? Yep. Uh, they're going to be coaching OG Seed. So they're taking a bunch of... uh, OG Seed is uh, five players that they think can be great Mm -hmm. uh, and they just need some coaching until the third major of the DPC season. Back-to-back champions will be directing their talent, efforts, and energy towards coaching OG Seed. Uh, And then I suppose they'll come back back together to, to make OG and then win everything yeah Yeah. uh but yeah um and yeah i don't know it seems crazy i guess it's one way to um take a bit of time and whatnot but yeah that that's kind of like the the that's what i want to see like from the the meta changes in like a PUBG, like go in and just do some crazy changes and and just sort of you know rework things um that's why i like watching dota so much because every year they really just they break that game so much um, mm. and it just completely fit, flips things on its head so yeah I don't know if the pros like how that RNG is going to really factor into it if it's going to be just like a nothing for them like they'll be able to just deal with it um, yep but we'll see so it goes on um, what else do we have here Apex Legends has a new patch out as well and this is something you like they've increased the level cap to 500 um, nice. on top of that they've also good. Uh, added like a better like scaling system in terms of being able to gain XP, so they've they've made that a bit better, and also the um you'll be able to earn uh, Apex uh, crates. Well, I forget what they call the little robot things. Um, Ticks. The the cosmetic items. So you will get the drops every um every sort of one level up until you know a certain point and then you'll every two levels you get one and then i think it maxes out at like every three levels you'll you'll get a new drop um so that's really cool that means that you know you're working towards something again and you're getting items and gear again as opposed to just nothing really much at all which is yeah fantastic um a couple other small changes in there as well like i think once you hit 500 there's still ways of gaining tokens and things like that still um right so that stuff is is a really good change uh and then they players doing... can now earn a total of 199 apex packs yeah out of 500 previously levels. 45 <laughs> yeah 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 that was way from uh and you'll still get like tokens uh the um apex tokens i think they're called so that they they're what you use to purchase new characters and whatnot so you still get them yeah every level which is awesome um yeah 
<clears throat> it's a good change. It is. Nothing yeah, no, nothing cool. too big, but just some... Just... Should have happened a f fucking nine months ago. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then what else we got? Battleborn is being taken offline in 2021. I had a look at this. Oh, yeah. There was about 15 people playing every month on average. Wow. <laughs> this, I'm impressed they're still supporting it, to be honest, until 2021. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fucking cool, to be honest. Yeah. That's, like, really rad uh, that they keep going for so long. Um, 2021 is more than you would expect for a game that has had sweet fuck all players for the better part of the last three years yeah yeah so good on them I mean 2k could just pull the plug at any time I feel like but yeah you know at least they're yeah. giving those 15 players a, <laughs> a year to, to keep playing the game <clears throat> um next up is Amy Hennig has started a new studio with Skydance Media um they're a uh, a, a film and TV company um who are getting into video games uh, Amy Hennig yeah, is right. responsible for uh, Uncharted series. Um, she was previously at EA working on a Star Wars title, which was cancelled. Uh, very publicly, yep. she was quite upset about that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Um, I guess we'll find out what she's working on, but it's probably safe to say it'll be a third-person action game. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, judging by her past titles and what she's worked on. Uh, with like the last, she was she did Last of Us as well, right? Or was it just Uncharted? Yes, I'm pretty sure she did Last of Us. Yeah, All right. Yeah, um, and and continuing the new studio news, we've got Wolf Eye, which is from Arcane's uh, co-founder. Uh, is it Raphael Colantonio, or is it just Raf? Raf Raf Colantonio. Yeah, you've you've interviewed him before, right? I have. Yeah, yeah, he's an awesome dude. Yeah, so um. um they they've made games like Dishonored recently. Um, what else did he do? He did Prey Two, right? And he was the one that took yeah, the that's what I the dagger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's why we'll find out what they're working on. It sounds like at the Game Awards, which is in about two weeks. Right. It's probably going to be uh, a cool. RPG stealth game. Probably, <laughs> maybe, hopefully. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we'll uh, have to wait and see, but I'm excited. Yeah, and uh, that's the news. That's what we got for the moment. Cool, nice. We, we any questions? Uh, we do have questions. Questions, maybe. Twenty uh, fifth. Yep. Okay. Um, Fridge Monster Man writes: Hi, Luke and Job. Jedi Fallen Order. Sounds an awful lot like The Force Unleashed to me. How does the former compare to the latter? Also, I wonder if, much like Superman, Jedi are just too powerful for games. I want it to hack and slash enemies with ease, one-shot everyone, and carve their bodies up like a Sunday roast, but game designers just won't let me. Uh, Fallen Order versus Force Unleashed. I thought The Force Unleashed 1 had a better storyline, a yeah. uh, more interesting storyline. Um... I guess being a Sith is uh, a little bit more interesting than being some no-name Jedi. Uh, yeah, uh, that yeah, 
in terms of gameplay, I think Force Unleashed knew what it wanted to be a bit better. Because um, mm. uh, Fallen Order is a little bit torn between being a flashy, uh, I guess, third-person platformer and being a Dark Souls Jedi game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, otherwise... Uh, yeah, they're, they're both definitely quite similar in the sense that they're both third-person action games based around being a Force user in the Star Wars universe. Um, and they're both kind of underwhelming to me. Uh, both continuing the trend of Star Wars games being not that great with the exception of a few very notable exceptions. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't remember Force Unleashed too much because it was all it was a while back um it was a while back. i just i feel like i liked the first one um but the yeah. second one was yeah a bit S- underwhelming didn't like the second one yeah yeah um it seemed a bit rushed but i liked the idea of having like super powered like or overpowered force force powers like the this this shot of him um like grabbing onto the star destroyer that like that sort of stuff is interesting <laughs> like that's what you want to yeah. see um yeah but yeah. yeah, and are Jedi too powerful like Superman for video games? Um, <clears throat> I think I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they just never utilized extremely well. I think it's it is definitely a challenge to balance them. But um, the like so far, we just tend to get generic sort of generic games. Hmm. Um, the and those super powerful moments are always relegated to cutscenes, right? Um, you rarely do that stuff yourself, um, which I think isn't, isn't ideal. Uh, but yeah, I also want to one shot everyone when I'm a Jedi and I want to be a super powerful Jedi. I don't want to be some fucking weenie, yeah. weenie bull. They, they give you that in uh, Fallen Order. Like they'll just throw a bunch of stormtroopers at you. Like regular yeah, stormtroopers, but then then there's like a stormtrooper that's you know got a different weapon and he takes like three hits now, as yeah. opposed to one. But they definitely throw the cannon fodder at you where you can just one shot them. Um, it's yeah. just that the majority of that game is not one shotting anything. It's you know breaking their stamina and then hitting them twice and then them getting their full <clears throat> yeah. their full stamina back. So yeah. Yep. Good question, Fridge Monster Man. <clears throat> Baz writes, are you enjoying your move to the USA and what are some things you miss about Australia? Maybe this will get him to participate in question time. More than likely, we'll just get uh, good. I assume this is directed at me. Uh, I haven't moved to the USA, Baz. Uh, I don't really miss anything about Australia as a result, but good question, buddy. Hmm. Uh, Thoughts, Luke? It's a good question. (laughs) Anyway, answer the question, dickhead. Um... Yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely easier for me to go to events, things like that, right. access to stuff. Yeah. Um, I think since I've been here, I've I've gone to LA maybe four times, four or five right. times. Um, yeah, that's a lot easier for me to get to on an hour flight as opposed to fifteen hours 15. each way. Um, for you know a day or two, whereas here I can easily fly and fly out. yeah flying and out in a day. Um, you know it gets me as well as a lot better opportunities for like um, like stuff that I wouldn't get back home. Um, 
there's stuff here that nobody back in Australia is getting, but I can go to just because I'm here, <laughs> um, which is really cool. So in terms of that sort of stuff, it's really good. Um, just like sort of the uh, the other day I went to, where did we go the other day? I think it was called the Emporium, which is like an arcade, a video game arcade bar. Um, like okay. this giant two-story arcade bar. Uh, they had pool tables there, sh- uh, shuffleboard, um, uh, and just like arcade machines, um, you know, things like that were there. That was really cool. And just like a regular bar, like you don't find anything back like that at home. Um, mainly yeah. because the places that are like that, um, what's that bar we, we've been to a bunch of times, like bar 18, 1989. 19, yeah. Um, but that's like this really small venue. This is enormous, like humongous. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's nothing like that back home. All the fucking venues have shut down in Sydney. All the cool stuff. It's true. Um, so yeah, some good, some good bars and whatnot, but you know, being able to go to the basketball and things like that is really cool. I'm going to a, a game tonight in like two hours once we wrap oh, this okay. up um, I'm going to LA tomorrow um, this week for a couple cool. of, for a little while I'm going to basketball on the weekends I'm going to uh, Galaxy's Edge like yeah like it's easy to go do this sort of stuff while I'm over here so that's fucking awesome yeah why not it's been good so far I like it I get fast internet yeah, it's cool in Australia too you know what's that you now we got stuff it's cool in Australia too we got stuff then you have like a I went to the park. Yeah. I can't go to the park. I'm not allowed to. Yeah, that's what I thought. Motherfucker. <laughs> um, can't go. Actually, can't go outside because the air pollution from the bushfires has made it so that you're not allowed to open your windows. But, right. you know, apart from that, it's pretty good. It, it rained for the first time yesterday since I've been here. It was 38 degrees two days ago and then it was 14 degrees yesterday. So, um, you know, getting fucking thermal shock every time I fucking wake up in the morning which is also nice it's 31 degrees today uh, yeah Australia's pretty good too Baz so stop being a dick mm. and bring up a, the US you know yeah the, the one uh, thing I miss is not being able to play games with you guys at 50 ping <laughs> instead I've got to I've got to deal with 150 ping yep and still try and manage uh, to carry everybody it's hard it's, it's, oh, you've made my life classic, much harder classic classic absolute classic um could you imagine if we did it the other way around if I was playing at 150 ping how hard would you have to carry them motherfucker oh, so much harder yeah exactly exactly uh that's a good question Baz you're actually going to answer stuff from question time that's amazing um cool I guess that's the podcast that's the podcast uh, you can find us on iTunes Android Windows Store Spotify YouTube all those wonderful places The Gap The Jair Podcast if you search for it we should be there uh, please rate and review the show if you have a couple of moments. It helps other people find uh, this podcast because it's, it's not hard. Well, it's not easy to find it mm. sometimes. Not easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can email us if you'd like to, thegapodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us any questions. Or you can go to our Discord page, thegapodcast.com slash Discord. You can leave us questions like Baz has. Or you can um, jump in and play some PUBG with us when we got the PUBG going or whatever. See a Thieves. Um, I don't know what else we're playing recently. Other than that, that sort of stuff. I think that's what we're doing. Yep. You jump in there and talk about whatever you want. Um, you can also find us on social media, which is facebook.com slash GA podcast, twitter.com slash GA podcast. You can go to our YouTube page, thegapodcast.com slash YouTube. You can go to our website, which is thegapodcast.com. And that's got links to everything we talked about today, including past episodes of the show. And uh, 
if you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash GA podcast and that helps us pay some of the bills every month that we have to fork out. Because, uh, Job, I don't know if people know this, but you've got a drinking problem and you spend all the money uh, on alcohol every month. It, like, I, look, I, it's, I can't believe you put me on blast like this. Um, <laughs> Job needs more drinking I money. <laughs> I don't think of it as a problem. That's, that's my answer. You know, it's not a problem for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do drink a lot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Everyone does that every month. Uh, you help, yeah, thank you. Help You're the best. Immensely. No, it actually goes paying bills. Um, I think that is it. We're getting close to 500. I think we've talked about this, but it sounds like 500 will be once we get back from the break. It does look that way. The first week. <laughs> yes. Because we've got... Uh, it seems like we will open a new year with... Yeah. Yeah, it looks like 440... 449? Like, where are we at? 490... So we go 496 on the 5th yeah. of December. <clears throat> and then 497 on the 12th. Yeah. And 498. Oh, no. See? Not, it's going to be a couple after we get back. No, no. Four, you going right? Then we get the 20th? Yeah. And then we can drop one the, the week after for Christmas. Oh, we just do a Christmas podcast. Yeah. Oh, easy peasy. Yeah, no worries. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't look at the dates. No, I think we've, we can maybe do one on the Monday or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll... Oh, we're just not going to take a, a break this year? Is that a plan? <laughs> maybe we'll do that. We podcast all the time now. We, uh, we're podcasting <laughs> every day from yeah. here on out. So Luke can hear his fucking 500 marker before the fucking end of the year. Maybe we're going to hit 600 before next year. Before next year. Yeah, we're doing two a month now. Two a week. Yeah. Doing two, two a fucking day. Yeah. We'll just we're, split we're, them we're in half. we stop this one and go straight on into the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see how we go for content. Yeah. Things might be starting to slow down. Uh, definitely <laughs> going to start slowing down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All anyway. Right. Um, Good times. We'll be talking about, I guess, game of the year stuff at some stage. So, yeah, start sending in maybe your game of the year thoughts somewhere stuff you think we haven't played maybe yeah things we need to check out should for gamer of the year Uh, i would suggest death stranding i'll fucking end you no that's that's terrible i've already played it too much all right that's it um you got anything you got happening this week that you want to talk about you like pimp out uh i don't know check out redbull.com for some stuff you've got a thing going up on redbull.com yeah uh an interview with luke 12 11 Luke's after you and uh, we've got an interview with Wazminator Australia's best Mortal Kombat player okay uh, heading up as well what does he think about the new uh, Terminator Uh, I I, I didn't ask that should be the number one question should have been damn it got it yeah yep alright you can find me twitter.com slash Luke Laurie L-A-W-R-I-E and you're Joby Jojo right? I am you haven't changed it? no okay fair enough alright that is it thanks everyone for listening we'll be back next week with more of The Gap bye